Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Good that's the other one set. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It is 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. You know how to get a hold of us. Air Comfort Service tax line 314-399-9646. You want to leave us a mic drop via the 100% free 101 ESPN app. You can leave us a mic drop, uh, anything we're talking about today. And, of course, you can check us out on the Air Alliance team YouTube channel at 101 ESPN SDL. They're affectionately known as the, uh, the Snake Pit. Yes, they are. Snake pit. We like love that. all of our listeners. Damn Indeed. right. Yes. Let's start off with the Blues. They don't play until tomorrow night when they got the Canucks pregame right here on 101 ESPN starting at 6 o'clock. But, Jamie? Yeah. Looks like the uh, second power play. Looking a little different for tomorrow. Yeah, it's got a little bit of a change to it, and uh, I like it. I was, I was on the opening drive this morning with, with Randy and Brooke, and they had asked me about you know Colton Pareko and the power play and things like that. And, look – Leading up to this point, Anthony, you know this. I've never been a big, like, hey, Colton Pareko's an offensive guy. Hey, Colton Pareko's a power play quarterback. Everybody gets enamored by the 105-mile-an-hour shot he took in 2017, by the way. <laughs> 2017. It's been a minute. It's a hard shot, though. It, it's a really hard it's shot. It's a big shot. <laughs> it was a huge shot on an empty net with no players on the ice. <laughs> Either way, it was. It had a ton of velocity behind it, but then... And I, I poke fun at it, not for Colton Pareko's sake, because he can still bring the heat. I poke fun at it because everybody just figured that automatically translates into being a power play specialist and scoring goals in the NHL. Mm. The next Al McInnes. No. <laughs> no, there's a reason Al McInnes is in the Hall of Fame. It's because the way he shot the puck, like, he had deception. He knew when to shoot it. He could knock a fly out of the air with accuracy at 100-plus miles an hour. Mm-hmm. Like those those guys are unicorns. They're very unique players. Well, and that's Col- why everybody kept calling them Chris Pronger. <laughs> well, they tried that too, Anthony. They said because he's six foot six, that's mm-hmm. Chris Pronger. Yeah. No, no, it's not. Chris Pronger is another Hall of Famer. How about we just let Colton Pareko be who he is? Because it's working out pretty good right now. He's playing pretty good hockey. Uh, the best hockey I've seen him play as a lead character. And I say it that way because Jay Bowmeister was his partner in 2018-2019 when they had that massive run to the Stanley Cup championship, and those two guys were epic together. But you had Jay Bowmeister, who's borderline Hall of Famer, moving forward. I, you don't have that now. Nick Laddie's great, and he's playing very well right now, but you don't have Jay Bowmeister. But back to the power play discussion on this one. Colton Pareko, having had the ability to call almost every game this year, He has been the most effective puck shooter from the blue line. Justin Falk leads with sheer volume to the net, uh, but Colin Pareko has six goals. And the biggest thing is everybody, again, everybody gets enamored by this 105-mile-an-hour slap shot. Colin Pareko has one goal by slap shot this year. The rest are wrist shots. And if you look at Colton Pareko's stick and, and talking to him and working with him in the summer, his stick has got more flex than ever. 
And the reason being is people nowadays, they get in the shot lane. Like in the, in the 90s, early 2000s, you could have a guy like Chara or uh, was it Shea Weber dropping the big slap shot from the point all night long, like Lionel Richie did. <laughs> and you don't have that now. Guy winds up for a slap shot, there's a stick or a body in the way. Wind up, stick or body in the way. So what you have to do if you watch like the, the best defensemen in the league offensively, the Kale McCars, the Quinn Hughes, the Eric Carlsons, what do they do best? They fake a shot and then walk the blue line. They change the shot lane either by dragging the puck or skating the puck forward, and then they wrist it through at about 85 miles an hour on target for a deflection or a rebound. That's all Kale McCarr did against the Blues in one playoff series. Uh, every time. Every time. You couldn't stop him. No. It was like trying to cover a ghost mm-hmm. out there, and he got the puck through every time. Brent Burns, what's the one thing that he's really good at? He gets the puck to the net. Mm-hmm. He never gets it deflected, never gets it blocked. So Colton Pareko has evolved his game now to where when he gets the puck, watch him. He's moving. He's changing the shot lane. He's not just shooting the puck hoping it doesn't hit something. And the result of that is he's got six goals. Now he's got he's generating more offense, and now he's going to get an opportunity on the power play. Watching him play last year in comparison to this year, I felt like he was hurt. Uh, he 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 looked like he was dealing with some back issue. Like we, when you know when a player is dealing with a back issue or lower body, something along the lines where it it just looks different. He looks healthy now. He looks more comfortable now, and he looks like the player that I think that the St. Louis Blues fans have been wanting to see from him for a number of years. Yeah, look at him skate, man. Like he's a one man breakout, and I don't even I'm not even joking about that. He takes two strides, and he's out of the end. Mm-hmm. He takes two strides and he joins the rush. He's up available offensively. And then, Kerry, uh, you weren't part of the show when I've said this a number of times, but had the opportunity to talk to Connor McDavid last year mm-hmm. and asked him just about playing against certain guys and whatnot, not even really blues related. And he offered out of nowhere to tell me that Colton Pareko is one of the hardest guys for him to play against. Really? He said because of the, the height and the reach mm-hmm. and his speed, it makes it very difficult to get around him. Yeah. He Good said he, defense is important. It is, Janet. She knows. <laughs> she watches yeah. all the games. But Colton Pareko is able to gap up. He's able to keep pace to a certain extent with Connor McDavid. And when he can't keep pace, he has to reach. Right. And so when you think about the best player in the world saying that Colton Pareko is one of the hardest guys to play against, like you have to kind of respect that. And you're right. He was injured. Yeah. You know, I don't know what the injury was. I don't know. Look bad. I mean, it just looks body, slow. Lower body. Sluggish. But I do know he's healthy now. Yeah. And you can tell he's playing really good hockey. Yeah, he is. We're going to get into this at some point about the, the NHL All-Star game. Maybe a lock for the Blues. Maybe somebody that uh, you, you want to see in. Uh, I'll just answer now. It's Colton Pareko. I don't think anybody's had a better better first half of the season for the Blues than Colton Pareko. You'll get some pushback. From who? Robert Thomas in his camp. What's he done? <laughs> <laughs> but is but it is fun, though, to actually have a couple of guys that you can talk about. You know, when you go back last year, like, we're reaching for an all-star here. Like, you almost got the... Not to be disrespectful because players earn yeah. that, that 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 opportunity, but it was almost like, okay, we have to pick a guy from the Blues because mm-hmm. they weren't having a great year. Right. So this year, though, you can circle two guys for sure that are at the top of the food chain. 
Both are having really good seasons. Both should have the opportunity to represent the Blue Note at the All-Star game. And it's fun. It's fun to see that. And for me, I like, like, Luke Robert Thomas had a, last year had a good season. The year before had a good season. For me, it's fun to watch the comeback story. And I think Colton Pareko is a bit of a comeback story. I don't think a, a bit. I think he's a lot of a comeback story because how many people in the St. Louis area were trying to trade him? Just get rid of him. Yeah. Yep. He's overpaid. That contract's an albatross. Really? Mm. At 23, 24 minutes a game, playing against the best players in the world, 6.5 million is a freaking steal. Yeah. Two years from now, you're going to be laughing that you were able to get him for $6.5 million a year. The yeah. one thing that, that kept coming up when people would talk about trading Colton Pareko, like every team in the league is looking for a guy like Colton Pareko. No, they lined up down the freaking street, Kerry. <laughs> and you got one, and you want to get rid of him because he's not – and again, I, I, when you watched him last year, it just looked like he wasn't moving nearly as fast or as quickly as he is now. He didn't look as comfortable last season. I, it, it looked like a back injury for me. That's yeah. what it felt like just watching him, just reaching and not being able to do some of the things that when your back is healthy, you, you are capable of doing. So when people were saying, let's trade him, get rid of him, yeah, there's going to be a bunch of people lined up for that guy to be able to do what he does at the level that he does it. Yeah, 100%. And I've said this before, too. The moment you trade Colton Pareko, you're looking, looking for, for Colton yeah. Pareko. <laughs> and you don't have him. Most teams don't have him. So we get a text real quick just asking about the change on the power play units. Uh, the big change or the big addition is Colton Pareko onto the second power play unit where Justin Falk was lined up. Tough to get a read on everything else because Tory Krug, Krug had a maintenance day mm. and Nick Letty took reps with the first power play unit. So you don't really know what to expect there. But Colton Pareko was added to the second power play unit today. Should he have a new partner defensively? Who? Pareko. Why the hell would you give him a new partner? <laughs> You'll find out next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Cam Ferrario, you can listen to them middays here on 101 ESPN from 11 to 2. And I know that uh, the three of us were listening, either driving in mm-hmm. or uh, listening back in the office. And Jamie Rivers heard something that Alex Ferrario said that, um, how do I put this? Uh, it got Jamie interested. This is what Ferrario said about Scott Perunovich potentially playing alongside Colton Pareko. I don't think it's crazy to cop a Scott Perunovich to a Quinn Hughes. I know we talked about it a little earlier, but you're never going to know if he is that until you put him up into that spot. And frankly, when Quinn Hughes took off and has having this season was when they acquired Philip Ronick from the Detroit Red Wings. And I know that sounds insane to say, but sometimes those types of players just need some stability. And I, I think, one, Scott Perunovich needs to have more confidence instilled in him, and I think he's getting that now with Drew Bannister. You're putting him in a, be- a bit better positioning, but they clicked. The same way that I believe Colton Pareko and Scott Perunovich could click. I hope they try it. And I think that's the one piece that I'm like, because I agree with what you guys said. I don't think they have an identity, and I think you do need to give this some time to see them kind of mold into the players that you're hoping they become. The the puck moving defenseman that pairs with the stay at home guy. That's the one I think they're that you hope Perunovich is him, but you're gonna have you're gonna have to quit baby him and see what happens when you do try it. Yeah. And you're gonna have to try it at some point because he he's the guy for me that. 
you look at Pareko, I think he's finally solidified himself as that, just clearly the number one defenseman. Like, there were the last couple of years, there were spurts, but it wasn't consistent. This year, it's been consistent. Now it's about finding his partner, and can you get an offensive-minded one? And I, I think you're right. I, I think there is a chance that Scott Pernovich could be kind of like a Quinn Hughes. I mean, you're seeing it. The analytic numbers tell you about it. Now let's see what it looks like and see him try and mold into becoming that kind of player. And again, that's going to take two years, but you got to start throwing him up in the lineup with Colton Preco to find out. Can I can I can I go real quick? Absolutely. I, 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 Jamie is going to go, but I've only been working here for a few days, and I, I learned something about Jamie. Jamie is like the Jay Z, Little Wayne of, of radio. He doesn't write anything down. He just he just goes. His takes are all here. Mm-hmm. He's written a few things down. So he's like, let me get this right. I'm gonna. I definitely, sir. Go ahead. You have had it. Okay. So where do we start? Where do we unpack this? Okay. So one. Uh, I love the enthusiasm of Alex Ferrario regarding Scott Perunovich. And you should be excited about a young player that has had the accolades that Scott Perunovich has as a college player, uh, winning the Hobie Baker Baker Award, which is comparable to the Heisman in in football. So he was the best college hockey player in the nation, uh, which is a tremendous honor. One thing he's not is Quinn Hughes. And I understand at the end of that that audio there, they said, oh, you know, Tanner specifically said, you know, in a couple of years, maybe that's where he gets. Maybe. Maybe. But Quinn Hughes, go back a couple of years, was still miles ahead of where Scott Perunovich is right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean Scott Perunovich can't close the gap. Quinn Hughes is a heavy comparison at this one right now because Quinn Hughes is not only uh, the best defenseman on his team, he might be one of the best defensemen in the NHL. So that's uh, uh, swinging high. Which is fine. You know, we, we, everybody should have a good comparable. Here's where I run into the problem of pairing Scott Perunovich with Colton Pareko. Guys, when we just talked uh, last segment, Colton Pareko viewed as one of the best shutdown defensemen in the NHL. Top five, I think, in the NHL as far as singularly being able to shut guys down. We watched it against the Colorado Avalanche. Nathan McKinnon had a 19-game point streak going into that game. Colton Pareko paired against him pretty much all night. No points. We watch him, Connor McDavid, talking about how he's one of the best or toughest guys to play against. Guess how you make Colton Pareko not so hard to play against? When he's got to worry about Scott Perunovich being his partner? You put a guy like Scott Perunovich as his partner. Because of the inexperience factor? Because of the defensive inability, yet. And so I I compared this to like clipping a bird's wings. Why would you do that? Right now, Colton Pareko and Nick Letty together are playing every single night against the best matchups in the NHL, and they're shutting them down for the most part, limiting opportunity, frustrating them every single time. And I watched it from the ice level the other night, and again, this isn't a shot at Scott Perunovich, just where we're at right now, is Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen ended up on the ice three separate times against Perunovich and Colton Pareko. And when they had a line rush up the ice, they changed Puck's side specifically to attack Scott Perunovich's side. So what does that, what is Colton Pareko doing on that play then? Nothing. He, he's not involved. Yeah, right. He's the Statue yeah. of Liberty. Yeah. He's over there all by himself because they're not attacking that side. Let's go to the side where we know we can do some damage. Mm-hmm. And so and we talk about confidence. You don't get confidence by being in the first pair. You don't. In fact, you you lose confidence quickly because the play happens so fast. And talking to Scott Perunovich, what, a week ago? Yeah. What did he say? He said, oh, yeah, you yeah. were on with me. Yep. You weren't here. You yeah. were here. I yeah. forget <laughs> a lot of these things. My guy I didn't talk to he Scott. He said, plays happen so fast yes. at the NHL level. He's like, you blink, and they've made two plays, and it's in the back of your net. Mm-hmm. Paraphrasing, obviously, on that one. But 
So what? Why would you do that? Yeah. I I just don't understand it. Now let's before we dive into the second half of this, is you think Colin Pareko's a stay-at-home defenseman? It's he what he's not. No, and he shouldn't be. But he he leads the rush. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, he's one of the uh, best up ice defensemen the Blues have. His percentages of successful plays entering into the offensive zone and neutral zone play are the highest on the team. Mm-hmm. The success rate of every time he becomes part of the offense is the highest on the team. Now, the sheer volume, Tory Krug's up the ice all night long. All night long. It, but it doesn't mean it equals to success. When Colton Pareko jumps up, most of the time it's a successful play crossing the blue line or the puck gets across the red line and into the offensive zone. That is part of the success rate. So if we want to go analytics versus the eye test, the analytics do support what I'm seeing out there from Colton Pareko. And so if you put him with a player like Scott Perunovic and you're telling Colton Pareko now to be the defensive defenseman, well, the problem is Scott Perunovic is unable to do what Colton Pareko can do right now. He's unable to drive the offense up the ice. He's unable to be a one-man breakout. He's unable to have that success rate right now. Maybe four weeks from now he can. Maybe four months, four years, whatever it is, he'll get there. And I understand the... The thought of, well, you got to play him. You got to find out. You got to build the confidence. Great. Let's play him with Marco Scandella. Why? Because they play against third and fourth liners mm-hmm. every night. You want Scott Perunovic to drive the offense? That's how you do it. You put him out there against lesser players. Mm-hmm. And then now you start to spot duty him in from time to time with Colton Pareko. And when do you do it? It's simple offensive zone faceoff. The lowest risk place to start on a shift against some of the other team's top lines. Mm-hmm. You win the face-off, Colton Pareko, Scott Perunovic, they go to work with Robert Thomas, Buchnevich, Kairou, they're zipping it around, all this stuff. Then players get a little bit tired, puck turnover. Now it's a little more manageable to play defense rather than starting a shift midway through or even in the defensive zone. This is called setting your players up for success, which is what the Blues have been trying to do with Scott Perunovic. So overall, the thought process of four years down the road or three years down the road of Perunovic playing with Pareko, it's a nice thought. But I don't like it because it's at the expense of what Colton Pareko can do best and what he brings to the table. Yeah, you're almost weakening a strength to to give somebody, give somebody an opportunity. opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Or you know, try to jumpstart the development, uh, and that is that is difficult. That was one of the things that Craig Ruby talked about after he was he was let go. He was talking about trying to develop players mm-hmm. while also in in the midst of a retool. And you and oh by the way, you still better win a bunch trying of games to win too. Games. Yeah. yeah, that's that that has to be that has to be difficult. And it's funny though when you're talking about Pareko on one side and and Perunovic on the other. It reminds me of corner like a corner. Yeah, you know, I, Duran Bland the <laughs> corner for Dallas. Like this kid's amazing. He's got all these picks. Yeah, they're going at him every time. <laughs> like, they're not going there. against the other guy. Yeah, yeah, he's really good. How many, how many picks did uh, Darrell Rivas have? <laughs> not many. Not Don't want to go that way. Not going near him. But it, yeah, so it's you almost weaken one half of the the ice. That's football is different, obviously, because you've got one corner. That's at least he's locking down half the half yeah. the field. It's not like that in hockey, but it, it kind of reminded me of that. And I just look at the pairing right now of Letty and Pareko. They're playing very well together. So much so that Colton Pareko can get up the ice, and Nick Letty. He can skate with almost anybody in the NHL. Scott Perunovic is a quick, shifty player. When it comes to all-out, straight-out speed down the ice, he's not as fast as Nick Letty, and nor is he as experienced. Mm-hmm. So 
if I'm the Blues, I'm absolutely not experimenting with Scott Perunovich up on the top pair. Not now. If the season gets out of reach and yeah. things start slipping away, at that point, <laughs> all bets are off. Yeah, sure. Put whoever you want, wherever you want. Play the guy on the power play, the penalty, because you need to, one, find out what you have. Two, mm. get him those reps. Mm-hmm. But right now, Scott Perunovich is just starting to scratch the surface on playing with confidence playing in that third pairing with Marco Scandella, who, by the way, Marco Scandella, and talking to him, he said, I just let Scott Perunovich do what he has to do. I read and react off of right. him. I stay back there. I'm the pillar. I'll go get the puck in the corner. He can jump up at the offense. Mm-hmm. That's what you need. Yeah. Colton Pareko, if you make Colton Pareko that player, you're, you're, you're cannibalizing what Colton Pareko brings to the table. Why do that? Yeah. Let him play. This, like, Colin Pareko is in the all-star discussion. You want him as your all-star. I don't disagree. If he had to carry a young defenseman along the way, I don't think he's in the same spot. Mm-hmm. So my opinion, and only my opinion, is you wait on the process of putting a young, offensive-minded player who's learning the game defensively. You wait to put him with a Colton Pareko full-time down the road when either he's ready for the challenge or that the season is so far out of reach that it doesn't matter anymore. That's Jamie Rivers. That's Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Blues going to get it going again tomorrow night against the Canucks. Again, pregame at 6 o'clock right here on 101 ESPN. Where are the Cardinals not being aggressive with bullpen arms? You got no, other they teams don't care being to aggressive. Win. Exactly. <laughs> 618. That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says. St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Is Mosaic trying to lose? It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. So the, the, I don't know, other teams are making moves. Other teams that are trying to win, boys. Cardinals. Cardinals trying to win. They're set. Anthony? What, they the division? three starters. Anthony. Didn't you see the three starters? They needed, what you they needed three starters, Carrie. What do you want for this? Is, this is like you saying, you know what? I got to go. I got to go to the grocery store and need toilet paper. Oh, what what year is That's it? an important what staple. Year is it? Yes. Yes. The I mean, pandemic showed us nothing go. else. <laughs> what year is that it? That you need the poop tickets, okay? Yeah, you certainly I'll do. I'll tell you that much. Anthony does, does this thing where he likes to compare everything to grocery stores. Not okay. everything. The, the Cardinals. content within the grocery okay. store. Yeah, but yeah. you know what? At least Anthony... And he's hungry. Thank you. Yeah, darn hungry right for I championships. am. So yeah. the, the question I'm not I have, shopping just for toilet paper. <laughs> no. Yeah, you're shopping for ramen noodles. And makers. Um, 
I, you know, Which, by the way, uh, makers, I'm sorry, the Cardinals. guys, yeah. just just so you know, Makers Mark, uh, unbelievable deals and discounts right now for Makers mm. Mark. Over, where can you get that? Uh, you can get that at any of your local dirt cheaps. <laughs> um, Anthony, the question I have for you is: Is the signing period over? Did we miss it? Is it closed? You know, I think. I, think I don't it, know how. To, is, I think is it, it is. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, nobody free else. Ag- no. no more free agency. So where is Montgomery? Is he all going to play? They just don't get to play. They this don't year? get to play. Wow. Yeah. Oh. Is for and Josh Hader too because he's. Oh yeah. Still he's still agent. available. That right. Sucks. So yeah. they're just out for 2024 because free agency period has ended. It's kind of like college football. You know, once the there's 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 an opening transfer portal. Yeah, transfer oh, portal yeah, open and closes, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. At least that's how the Cardinals were thinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now, we got text messages yesterday into the Air Conference Service tax line from from listeners that were, became frustrated. They are like, hey, you know, you guys are just all uh, roses and stuff like that for the Blues, and you guys crap on the Cardinals. We're sorry. Did you feel that way? Yeah, there it is. Are we sorry or are we sorry? We're sorry. We're sorry, today. eh? Sorry. Yeah. You can check sorry, that right. boy out on the uh, Alliance, Air, Air Alliance Air. team YouTube. Nailed it. A T-shirt for my girlfriend. It says sorry. Nice, the Canadian. It's very. That's sweet. what I say a lot. Maybe there. <laughs> sorry, honey. <laughs> sorry again. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit here and say and, and and spin it with this Cardinals bullpen and say, oh, it's fine. It's ready to go. They may have some upside, but are, do you feel good about this? Because you blew <laughs> 73 games last year. No, I don't. I, I look at don't the, check them out, the bullpen. No, but it was a lot. Of it. Yeah. No, it was. It was a lot. We understand. <laughs> I don't think 73, but that was. It was. It was a few. Close. Felt like it. Twenty something, I think. They led the majors in blown, in blown saves. They were pretty yeah. bad. Um, when great. I when I look at the the bullpen, I think it's about who you trust down there. So for me, I mean, last year, last season, we're gonna say we trusted JoJo Romero. Mm-hmm. I did. I think he did a an outstanding job. I don't know that you trust Andre Pallante that much. Ooh. I don't know. It, it, no, you're shaking your head. No, 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 no for him. Two, but, years, um, after two la- years ago. Two years ago. Yeah, I trust that one. Yeah. Last year, I don't. He's fighting for a job, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. You trust Ryan Helsley? I mean, he's got the the sweet I trust appearance. Him every other day. Entrance music. Like, only one game at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I try, I tr- one day at a time. He's, yeah. he's, <laughs> it's a good show. It's a hell of a show. Um, I think he. He has a slight allergy, his hand to the ball for two days in two a row. Two days in a row. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What about Gallegos? You, you trust him? I do, but he's coming off a, a, a an okay year. Okay. So he wasn't as good as what he was in previous years. Who else in the bullpen do you exactly. look at and say exactly. you trust? Exactly. And so I, I, I am in agreement <laughs> with you. I think there is a need. Not, not I think. There is a need for some bullpen arms. They need to find someone that you can trust mm-hmm. in that role. Now, I know a lot of people didn't like him or, or felt like he was uh, not as good as he should have been. Jordan Hicks, for me, I did like. I did trust. I think that Jordan Hicks felt like the type of player, Jamie, you've been around these guys. To me, in his mind, he feels like he's a superstar. He's either he a starter there. or a closer. There. He's not a middle reliever. He's not a, a, a late-inning guy. He's either starting the damn thing or he's finishing it. And I think that's how his mind works. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put him in one of those roles, you'll probably get the best version of him. Do the Cardinals feel a need to go out and re-sign him? I don't know. Josh Hader is out there as well. He's a really good if player you had your also. choice, Kerry, Hader or? Josh Hader. Or Hicks. Yeah, I'm going to go Josh. Okay. Why, not both? He's, Why not both? Okay, because one of them is Hater. Hater. I'll answer. I'll answer. Hater. Okay. What about both? Well, because who's both. closing? Hater. Why would? Yeah. 
But I mean, you could you but could I, throw. But again, Jordan Hicks, when I when I watch him, yeah, I, and I've seen, I, I told you all this, and and Jamie, I've said this, superstar athletes have blinders on. They don't see anything outside of what is. They don't care. Mm-hmm. They're not listening. They, it doesn't matter because only thing that matters is what's right here, and that's what the hell I want, and what I want. And in my opinion, when I watch Jordan Hicks, he wants to be a closer or a starter. He's not going to. He's probably not going to be a starter. No. He's going to be a closer, and that's to me what it feels like he wants. So if you were to sign both of them, and you have to know the players that you're signing, you can't just assume, oh, this guy's going to fit here. You have to understand. You have to manage personalities as much as you have to manage the player sure. and what his capabilities are. And so if you're getting both of those guys, well, one of them's a closer and one of them's not, and one of them's going to be really pissed off and one of them's not. Right. So that's why I don't think you yeah, can that's get tough. Both. Yeah, I see what Kerry's saying. You got too many cooks in the kitchen then for the same job. You got mm-hmm. Helsley, you've got uh, Hicks, you've got Hader. Like, uh, well, Jamie, you can close the seventh inning. Kerry, you can close <laughs> the eighth inning. And Marsh, you can close the ninth inning. I mean, I'd rather have too many cooks than no cooks at all because absolutely. then we're not cooking anything. And here's, and here's the thing. One of them's going to get hurt. The odds are one of them's going to get hurt. Stay positive. It's the bullpen, so one of them <laughs> one of them's not going to have a big year. Seriously. I mean, the, the bullpen is the most volatile the, the the most volatile position group in all of baseball is the bullpen. We Andre Ponce is a perfect example of that. Two years ago, Oof. my man could come in in any situation, get your ground ball. Last year, you you had you were you were wincing to see if he could get through that any inning. So for me, why not throw more cooks into the kitchen if we're going to use that analogy? Improve your bullpen, knowing that the bottom somewhere is going to fall out at some point. As opposed to saying, well, you know, we get to the trade deadline. I'm so sick of that argument. Well, what if they they do something at the trade deadline? You got to get to the damn trade line first. How'd that work out for you last year? Well, you could add a starter at the deadline. Last year was like you yeah, had to get yeah. to May. Yeah, yeah seriously. Apparently, <laughs> scratching, clawing, clawing, just seriously. trying to get there. We, right. got a, we got a text from 314. Of the 45 to 50 bullpen arms that were free agents this year, only five of them have signed. Is there such thing as patience on talk oh, radio? Boy. Because we sure need it. No, patience. absolutely. Are you kidding me? No. In talk in sports talk radio, patience? No, we got a four-hour show to fill. <laughs> well, Wusuko <laughs> is nearing a deal with the hey, Padres hey, hey, hey. for Sook. John Heyman. Sook. You added a, a C there. Souk. We gotta be careful here, Andrew. Yeah, he's Souk go. We're still on FM radio. You know, we didn't we didn't advance the serious. Yeah. My bad. Or even that deal that uh, what's his face got sleeveless guy. Oh, Pat McAfee. Oh, Pat McAfee. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, no, not Belichick. Anthony, I see a lot sure of those guys every in New England. Yeah, but <laughs> Kerry, what's the gym. your rule on no sleeves at the gym? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I think it's a little, uh, this is kind of strange. It's the biggest me. diamondback move I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh, wow. And what, uh, what's your opinion, all of you, on guys that wear the hoodies without sleeves? Nah, I don't know if I have a problem with that. No, to work out in, though. Eh, I just... For me, I Still always, I usually have long sleeve shirts on when I go to there. You don't yeah. need to know what I got going on. Eventually, mm-hmm. you'll see it if you get close enough. <laughs> Stay <laughs> back. <laughs> you like to keep the people wondering. Yeah, yeah. keep them wondering. Yeah. It's a long sleeve shirt. Maybe it's something yeah. there. Maybe it's not. But don't try. You, you figure it out if you do. When they see you putting up weight, they'll be like, oh, okay. Ah, okay. <laughs> I'm, I go hoodie to start the workout. Then I do get a little hot. And yeah. sometimes I'll leave it on if I want a good sweat. Other times, I take mm-hmm. it off, go t-shirt. But like, certainly, you have sleeves on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I always go t-shirt. Yeah, so 
I just don't understand the no sleeves. Like yeah. unless you're Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and whatever the hell you want to wear is fine <laughs> yeah. because you can back it up. Yeah, go yeah. for it. It's so when right. I see the you know the guys that shouldn't be sleeveless. Anyways, yeah. I don't know how we got here, but it's just a pet peeve of <laughs> mine. Pat McAfee. Yeah, Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, yep. He can pull it off because he's not even at the gym. He doesn't care. Yeah, no. no. He's got and he's got a lot of money now. So no, really. Yeah, may have to defend himself against Jimmy Kimmel. But you know, <laughs> no, I think that's, that's Aaron, Aaron Rodgers' Rogers. problem. Well, it was on his show, so <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure, sure Rick, I'm sure yeah, he's like, ah, oh. you know what? I'm sorry. Yeah, and there was no. I feel it. I feel that you feel that way. That was just a full out uh, apology. Yeah, for those that don't know, since we're talking in code here, uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> took a, <laughs> took a swipe at Jimmy Kimmel. Swipe. Yeah, putting him on a certain bad. list that Jimmy Kimmel would not want to be on, mm, nor, no nor would anybody. Want to be on that one. Yep, and uh, <laughs> no Pat kidding. McAfee said, yeah, "Sorry about that, Jimmy. Sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry that <laughs> happened." I think it was just him trying to crap talk and have some fun. Right? No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Uh, you, don't, no. you don't do that. You got some? Yeah, guys. Um, not exactly breaking news because it was seven minutes ago, but uh, this is shocking. Uh, John Harbaugh announces that Lamar Jackson. Uh, won't play Saturday versus the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of knew that. <laughs> go Steelers. Here we go. There you go. Yeah, yeah Ravens are locked into that number one Mason seed. Rudolph, so that makes sense. baby. Let's Patrick go. Mahomes, Rudolph or bust. Mahomes will not play either on Sunday. Are they locked in at the t- three? I think they're locked in at three. Okay. And then somebody else won't start either. Matthew Stafford. Stafford won't start. Yeah, oh, that's right. It's going to be Carson Wentz. Who? who? Dude, Carrie's, Carrie's like, Carson Palmer? Who? Yeah. <laughs> are you going to be wearing your socks? No, probably not. Really? Yeah, those days are over. Yeah. Yeah, some lion socks? Some, no, oh, BT, some Falcon socks. No, BT at Carson one point Wentz got me some Carson Wentz socks because ah, I was still a, a believer right. of Carson Papa Wentz. Wentz. Really? Then he got to Indy and I go, I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm definitely wrong on this guy. Really bad, yeah. man. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Speaking of the Eagles, though, or a team that Carson Wentz used to play for, boy, they've got some issues apparently. A.J. Brown being called out for not being a good teammate. Uh, how much do we believe, though, and are the Eagles in trouble? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So the Philadelphia Inquirer came out with a report today that A.J. Brown apparently is a huge problem within the Eagles locker room. A.J. Brown also apologized to Eagles teammates and addressed his uh, recent silence, uh, talking about how we're all frustrated. Now, there have been teammates from the Eagles, teammates of A.J. Brown, that have come out and say, yeah, no, he's organized team activities. You You don't know him. He's a great leader, all that. But... I brought this up, Jamie. I brought this up to you, and and Carrie, I, I'm interested in your thoughts too. And I don't know if we ever touched touched on this at the, in the uh, the Gridiron guys. Don't download the podcast until we do another one. It's been a while. Um, but there was always a reason why Bill Walsh built his team a certain way, and everybody remembers, of course, Jerry Rice. But Bill Walsh didn't start with Jerry Rice. Mm-hmm. He knew that if you brought in a number one wide receiver the offense was going to be dictated by that number one receiver. Why? Because if you're a number one receiver, guys, you're always open. You can seven eleven. Always, always open. Every snap. You could be triple covered. It didn't the matter. The ball is thrown, and why are you throwing it anywhere else? Then? Right. That, that's the mindset. And if you're, uh, I mean, even if you're Jalen Hurts, you're still, okay, you've got that in your ear. Yeah. Look at what's going on like in Seattle with, with DK Metcalf. Yeah. 
DK Metcalf is one of of several stud, you know, skill position players that, that the Seahawks have. Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker. You can't just run it through the number one wide receiver. So Bill Walsh's idea of I'll, I'll add the re- the receiver position is important. I'm going to add it last though. Mm-hmm. Once I've got the defense, I've got the O line. Obviously, I got the quarterback. I've got a sound running game. Then you can fit in. Yeah, I, and I wonder if we're seeing this a little bit in Philly, despite the fact that they had all that success a year ago. I think that. As I, as I said, the number one receivers, those superstar guys, they only see what they see. They see me beating this defensive back. I'm open. Why aren't you throwing me the ball? I turned around. I don't care that you're laying on your back and got hit in the face. What difference does that make? Throw right. the ball quicker. That's Let me straighten your helmet you so you can see me. You can't see me open? No, actually, I couldn't. There was a 300-pound <laughs> man hitting me in the face. I couldn't see you. But that becomes the mindset. And I think that... You know, this report about A.J. Brown and, and him being an issue in that locker room, it, it I can understand it because I think all number one receivers always want the ball. And then as a quarterback, not that you're – you want to get your guy the ball because obviously when I get him the ball, he's going to make a play. But you got a couple of other guys that can make plays as well. Dallas Goddard is one. Devontae Smith is another. you got DeAndre Swift in the backfield who can make plays when given the opportunity. And so I can see how a team – could feel that way, or someone on the outside looking in could feel that way. But if they, if the teammates are saying he's not the issue, then you kind of have to go with that. Mm. But I think to make things better for this team, if you are A.J. Brown, because he is a bit demonstrative on the field when he's throwing his hands up or when he's complaining or when he's – and we don't know what the frustration is about, but I can kind of see that you felt like you were open there and the ball went the other way. It's what it looks like. Mm. And so if, if I'm the quarterback and it looks like that to me, I'm sure it probably looks like that to him as well which can cause a bit of an issue in that locker room. So the way I look at it is a player like that can become the problem without malicious intent. Yes. And what I mean by that, and I'm sure you guys understand, is they're great players. They want the ball every single time, but they don't think of the repercussions of them constantly wanting the ball. There's a couple things that happen. One, your quarterback feels like he's being called out all the freaking time. The OC probably feels like he's being called out every freaking time because you know, you're not getting the ball to me. Why are you not de- designing plays to me? I'm open every freaking <laughs> right. time. Right? Okay, fine. And then what about your teammates? Yeah. The guys that uh, the other receivers, the tight end, the running back who's, you know, the check down option that's wide open for a carry of seven, eight yards. Mm. These guys start to resent you because yeah. you're the squeaky wheel and you're the also an all-star in this league yeah, right. i mean a stud yeah. so we know how that works the ball goes to the star player yes. to keep the star player quiet and, and and again it's not with malicious intent it's because he's a competitive guy and wants the ball but the trickle-down effect is that you end up with a number of other people that end up unhappy because you're unhappy that you're not getting fed enough. Yeah, no, I think it's a great point. You don't have to be a malcontent to to have a, an in, a negative impact on an offense. Right. I mean, look at look at the 49ers, guys. Why are the forty? Why is the offense so dynamic for for the 49ers? Everybody is eligible. Everybody's to catch eligible. A pass, no, man, well, you better declare yourself. <laughs> yeah, you should. Do yeah, that. if you're long, sure you do that. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. You know, Christian McCaffrey can line up in the backfield. He can line up in the slot. You've got Debo Samuel. He can line up in the backfield. He can line up in the slot. Yep. Nobody's complaining. Brandon Ayuk is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the league. Yes. He's 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 outstanding. You don't hear him complaining constantly. He could be a number 1. He could he could have bigger numbers than he that he has right now, but he knows his role in the offense. Chris McCaffrey with so many defense with the defenses looking at McCaffrey or looking at D- Debo Samuel. Ayuk's going to get one-on-one coverage on the outside. You know, right. he knows he can make big plays. George Kittle. George Kittle is he's an actual tight end. Yes. 
Travis Swifty in Kansas City, he's he's a receiver. He's a big receiver. He's a receiver. He's a receiver. When's the last time? What was the last time Swifty blocked? When's the last time they set up a run with Swifty blocking? You think you think he's a you think he's a tight end? I I I, I hey. no. The position has changed. Let's say, and so yes, he is a tight end. George Kittle's a tight end. He is. Rob he Gronkowski was a tight end. No, that's a tight end. He is a tight end as well. So is Travis Kelsey. He's a tight end. He lines up next to the tackle. That makes him a tight you end. You know, we'll say he has an eligible number. We'll say ish. He's an eligible number. <laughs> we'll say ish. Ish. He's a tight end. Ish. ish. Yeah. But George Kittle, you don't hear him complain. I mean, it's it's at the detriment of the offense if yeah. you're always constantly barking. That one of the reasons why the Eagles can be dynamic is because you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Devonta Smith, you've right. got Dallas Goddard, you've got Jalen Hurts in a six-back offense. Your defense, you're going to worry about him constantly. So if A.J. Brown, I know they're frustrated and all that, if they could just get on the same page here, this is still one of the best teams in the league. I agree. And if they, are, if they can figure that out, and like I said, I, I think as a receiver, you want to have that number one guy that demands the football because he is going up against a corner that he either feels like is too small, he's either too slow, he's not good enough to defend me, why aren't you giving me the ball? And I told you all, a receiver of the caliber of, of A.J. Brown can get five passes in a row and the sixth pass goes somewhere else. He's looking like, what the hell are yeah. we doing here? What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm on a heater. <laughs> Throw me the damn ball. We just we, scored. Uh, <laughs> that's matter. the mindset. So, it can be a little bit frustrating for them, but I hope you know all things get figured out because this is a, they're still a really good team and it's a really dangerous team. Carry. Eleven and five, and, and imagine exactly. So well, we get a text to the Air Comfort Service text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. This is a funny one from the three one four says Keyshawn Johnson wrote a book called Throw Me the Damn Ball. Yep, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> called Wayne Wayne Shabret the uh, Cabret the uh, mascot. Got <laughs> <laughs> had a monstrous season. He's calling him a, ma- a mascot. I mean. That's how it goes Throw me with the damn ball. Yeah, that's that's how it goes for it's number funny. one wide receivers. Yeah. It's Maybe certainly one is my teammate. But it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Can Robert Thomas be a Selkie winner? We'll get into that conversation what? next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. To the near wing, Colorado on the puck, turns it over. Thomas, short-handed breakaway. He's in the clear. He shoots. He scores. A short-handed goal. Robert Thomas ties the game one to one. Chris Kerber on the call the other night. Robert Thomas with that goal. You heard it right here on 101 ESPN, the home of the Blues and Blues Radio Network. You'll hear the Blues tomorrow night against the Canucks. Pre-game starting at six o'clock with Jamie Rivers and Kerry Davis. I'm Anthony Stalter. Robert Thomas. Some people may kind of scoff at this, Jamie, but I know you've got some numbers that could change in people's minds. Robert Thomas, potential Selkie winner. What do you think? Gary, what do you think? I think he's doing a great job. I think he it's is. not the question, Gary. Nah. So I think because of what he has had to do defensively, we talked about making stepping up for, for those that are around him, Jordan Cairo being one of those players. I think that you've seen – more of, of his capability. So if he continues in that route, does does the shorthanding goals count into that? Because he has a few of those, correct? He's got one so he far one? this year. Who has, got Bucinavich has, has uh, Bucci's got two and so does Torpchenko. Okay. Yeah. So I think if he um if he continues on that path, who else would be who else would be in that 
in that conversation. Well, look, uh, the the obvious guys that you think about throughout the league are you know guys like Sasha Barkov. Uh, that guy has been with Florida. He's been a great two way forward, but it's wide open now because Patrice Bergeron retired. Mm-hmm. And Patrice Bergeron, they should nickname, they should just call it the Bergeron <laughs> Trophy. He won it six times. And but now with Frank J. Selke Award, it, though it, it already used has to a be. name. That's the Patrice Bergeron <laughs> Award. Trust me. But Bergeron put up big numbers as well as being one of the best defensive forwards in the NHL year after year after year. Now there was a year that he didn't win it. There was a year that Ryan O'Reilly won mm-hmm. it, and that year was in uh, twenty nineteen. And we love Ryan O'Reilly here in St. Louis, and he is still one of the better defensive forwards in the NHL, and at that time, one of the best. And sorry, I'm trying to focus. Marshy, Marshy's got that broke. computer in a headlock over right? there. It fell down. I wish everybody could see what Marsh is. He, he looks like he's driving. He's trying to drive the monitor. I thought he was trying to land a plane. He's trying to there. drive his, his computer monitor right right out on Olive here. Yeah. You okay, buddy? Andrew, you good? I think I got it. Yeah. It was, well, it like fell down like Anthony's microphone, except for yours, like just pops up. No, the mine computer. Always go, hey, hey. Mine always goes up. Well, yeah, goes up. With it, mine it unfortunately yep. just went down. You know what um, I mean, Carrie? Oh but I think I fixed it. I think I fixed uh, no it. No issues there. It no, was no, going no. down, um, which is never a good thing, but no, it is. It's back well, up. It's yes, stable. It's stable. It's ready to go. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. No, ready for right. game time. So Ryan O'Reilly won the Selkie Trophy in 2019. Here were some of the numbers. I don't have all the numbers, but some of the important numbers. He had 77 points overall. When you ask yourself, why does that matter when you have a defensive trophy? Mm-hmm. It just does. Okay. It just does. It's like what you know, Gold Glove used to be. Well, and be an offensive. That's award. right. And Marcellus what the winner. Norris Trophy used to be best defenseman, now mm-hmm. it's the highest points. Like Eric Carlson yeah. was one of yeah. the worst defensemen last year, but he had over yeah, 100 had a yeah. points. So let's make him the best defenseman. <laughs> Makes, Makes no sense at all. Um, but when we look at the points in 2019 for Ryan O'Reilly, 77 points. Projected pace right now for Robert Thomas, 88 points. So a little bit of a difference there. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus minus, which to me is a skewed stat, but nonetheless, it still gets looked at. That year was plus 22 for Ryan O'Reilly. Projected plus 27 for Robert Thomas this year. Do you do you care much about plus minus? Not really. Okay, just wondering. No, it's just part of this, <laughs> part of the exercise right, right now. Thank you. For me, it still does depict a little bit of the story. Yeah. You know, it's not everything, and I don't read completely into it. Uh like I said, when I mentioned it's a skewed stat, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, we'll see. Okay. But either way, you know, on pace right now for the same thing as Ryan O'Reilly. Now, shorthanded time on ice, Ryan O'Reilly spent 163 minutes of p- killing penalties. Projected right now, Robert Thomas at 145 minutes. So a little off the pace there, but still in the same category. Takeaways, Ryan O'Reilly, this is something he was incredible at. And stealing the puck from the opposition. Mm-hmm. Ryan O'Reilly that year had 94 takeaways. And right now for Robert Thomas, projected 68. Now, again, all this is projected. So it could go mm-hmm. a lot worse or it could go a lot better, okay. depending on you know what happens with Robert Thomas. And then block shots was 36 for Ryan O'Reilly and projected 43 for Robert Thomas. So the numbers aren't identical, but it kind of makes you sit there and think for a second – like, is Robert Thomas more of a 200-foot player than we ever thought he was going to be? I think the answer is yes. I think that everybody saw Robert Thomas as a very dynamic, you know, power play, offensive, high-risk, high-reward type player. 
yet here he is evolving into this all-around player, and he's getting a lot of responsibility. Does it matter? Does it help having a Pavel Buchnevich on the line with oh, you? Yeah. Does that does that add or factor into it? But then you also have Jordan Cairo, who maybe wasn't as good of a two hundred foot player. Is <laughs> it kind Tell of me what you mean, Kerry? <laughs> <laughs> kind of what they said. He's really fast, just not yeah. going one way, going the other way. So you go back <laughs> and you look at Selkie Trophy winners. Usually have a pretty steady guy in their line. Mm-hmm. So Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. Okay. And you can say whatever you want. Brad Marchand's a highly competitive individual, plays hard defensively, blocks shots, hits guys. He can put the puck in the net, and he's a massive agitator, and that's why Blues fans don't particularly like him. Mm-hmm. But you take him on your team, I can tell you that, every day, including twice on Sundays, you take him. Mm-hmm. So when you look at Ryan O'Reilly in 2019, he had David Perron on his line. David right. Perron's a pretty damn good defensive player, and that, that sounds crazy because David Perron used to be in the same – the same breath as like a Jordan Cairo. Okay. Oh boy, don't really know what's going to happen here. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's really good offensively, but you just don't know defensively. Yeah. Well, David Perron, throughout the course of his career, really took pride in becoming a more well-rounded player. And by the time he left here the last time, I mean, he was great defensively. Solid, strong, competitive on the puck. Him and Ryan O'Reilly would play against the other team's top lines night after night after night. So... You always have a you have the the shake and bake, and for this one here, I think Thomas and Buchnevich are the shake and bake defensively, or, or the two hundred foot players. And Cairo okay. has a little more leash to kind of run around up. Okay, you, you know, you said something interesting about Robert Thomas and and where he was at the start of his career and what what people thought he was going to be. When we had the same conversation or a similar conversation about Colton Pareko and what what people thought he was going to be with Colton, you know, at at one point in his career. And then people can't move past it. We've seen this in other sports, too. And I wonder if we, we hamper what the player is. Or, or I'm sorry, we, we minimize what the player is because he's not what we thought he was going to yeah. be. For example, like Brock, Brock Purdy with the 49ers. Everybody's, well, he's got Debo Samuel, he's got yeah. Christian McCaffrey, he's got whatever. We don't hear the same thing with Tua. Why? Because Tua was a was six yeah. overall pick and Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah. I think if the two flipped... Now nobody's got an issue with it because he's living up to the expectations of being a top 10 quarterback. So I do wonder with Robert Thomas, if some of this is just in the minds, you know, people may listen to what you just said, even with all the numbers and say, nah, because they had expectations of him being a a dynamic, explosive player as opposed to what he is, which is real, which is a a, a potentially great two-way player. Well, what's funny is in 2018, 2019, when Ryan Ryan O'Reilly, excuse me, won that award. You get choked up when you talk about it. I get emotional. (laughs) Um, Robert Thomas was playing on the third line with Pat Maroon and Tyler Bozak as Mm -hmm. a right winger. So not that the Blues thought so little of him defensively, but again, it goes back to that Perunovic conversation that we had earlier. Working your way in. You've got to work your way in, Mm -hmm. learn how to play the game, and the team gave you just the right amount of responsibility to continue to evolve your game. So the following year, what happened? Of course, the Stanley Cup ring, that carries a lot of weight for a young player moving into the next season as far as confidence and things like that. Robert Thomas was moved to the middle of the ice. And this is where Craig Berube deserves credit, man. Craig Berube takes a lot of abuse for people think, oh, he doesn't develop young players or he's too hard on the young guys. One, that's so false. I could give you a list of seven players that he's developed single-handedly here within the Blues organization. But in particular, with Robert Thomas... He moved him to the middle of the ice, and on top of that, he started to tinker with penalty killing. 
And why did he say that? Because his hockey IQ. He said Robert Thomas thinks the game at another level, which creates an opportunity for him to anticipate plays that are going to happen and shut them down. Now, it was a rough ride. It was bumpy. He didn't stay on the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. He got spot duty here, spot duty there. But then we fast forward to where Robert Thomas was last year, and he's on the ice the last minute of the game. Whether you're trying to score a goal or you're trying to keep a lead, Robert Thomas is out there taking faceoffs, playing defensively. He's out there killing penalties. And what has that translated to? This season. And this season, he is by far your best offensive player. Uh, he's one of your better faceoff guys. Kevin Hayes is the best faceoff guy, but still, Robert Thomas is a guy that you're putting out there at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. And his anticipation defensively has been incredible. He anticipates where the puck's going. Him and Pavel Buchnevich's penalty killers out there together, they're so aggressive, but they're aggressive because they know what the next play is, and they're so talented that they get in the way and they create chaos, and then as soon as they create that chaos, they're gone mm. offensively. And Buchnevich has two goals shorthanded, Robert Thomas one goal shorthanded. So I just think that maybe not this year, maybe not. But he's trending in the right direction to where Robert Thomas could potentially be um, an even better 200-foot player than Ryan O'Reilly was, which yeah. is crazy to say. Jamie, how, how many years do you think it takes? I think in NFL, you, unless you're one of the elite players and can come in and have an impact, you know, your first year, Justin uh, uh, Jefferson comes to mind like a player that is right off the bat just can go get it. It normally takes an NFL player two to three years to kind of figure out I don't even know how to get around the city where I'm at and, and live my life as a professional athlete. How long does it take for a hockey player to really get into I am who I need to be for this team and I can be successful in this role? It takes a while, like depending on the position. So if you're a winger, and no disrespect to a winger, your responsibilities are a little less. Mm-hmm. Straight up and down the ice and you know you do your best to play defensively and, and whatnot. And it's still a, a jump. So I'm thinking two years probably for one of those guys. For a centerman, like three or four. For a defenseman, like four or five. Okay. So it and a goaltender on... could be five years plus. <laughs> I'm not joking. You know, you look at a lot of these goalies, and you only hear about the ones that make that quick jump right away. Oh, that guy's a star. Yeah. But then three, four years later, you're hearing about another guy who's all of a sudden, this guy's a stud goalie, but he's mm-hmm. been in the minors for four years. Right. Yeah. Because he's been learning his craft. And so defensemen are a lot the same way, too. I mean, look at... Some of the guys that are just evolving this year, even look at Matthew Kessel. You know, he's been a pro hockey player for a couple of years now. He's never really had a sniff, and now all of a sudden, oh, he's kind of ready for the NHL. So that's why, for me, you know, patience is key and putting your players in the right situations and incrementally increasing their role within the group is the key to their confidence growing properly. Is Mizzou poised to have their best season in program history? I'm sure Kerry's got a lot of thoughts on this. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter, Andrew Marsh, and myself, Kerry Davis, and we are talking about 
the Missouri Tigers, and are they? Well, Kerry, you put this on the dock today. Yeah, I was, you I was really so want to talk about Mizzou. About, I mean, yeah. listen, I was thrilled to talk about the Mizzou Tiger. Go Tiger! In fact, I, you sent I, me a text. It was like M I Z. Oh, is that not the same Tiger? No, Tiger. Yeah, there's different Tigers. Oh, you can say it's only one Illini, so you know it's hard to keep up. What is an Illini? A, you don't worry about that, Jamie. Just, we, we don't, we're, we're a, a block I now. <laughs> oh, you got that. The Indian guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chief Illini. Like he's no oh, longer, that's right, yeah. He's I, no longer a part of... I strongly disagree uh, with that. And I'm an Indian. So <laughs> we, I'm we, a First Nations from we, Canada. We, we, and I think we, it's fine. Yeah, we, we no longer have Chief Illini. He we're was a, a flying sea. Steadfast. Central he Michigan. Was, that's right. Great. Yeah. I'm Great. also part of that conversation. That's right. We're the Fighting Hawks now. Yeah, there they used go. to be the uh, Fighting Sioux, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. See, things all of these change, things. Man. A lot mm-hmm. of these people, what I've found out over the years, including my own family, which is uh, so. It was Carrie, my dad was a full-blooded native. Okay. And my mom uh, is it got Irish in her, and mm-hmm. you know, she her dad was from Belfast, Ireland. Okay. And anyways, so I'm Indian descent, and mm-hmm. we had people that relatives that lived on the reservation, and all this stuff. And like, whenever any, that conversation comes up for me, and people are like. Well, it's kind of an honor to be recognized in a certain way. Now, I understand there's some derogatory behind some of it. Yes. Not all of it, though. Some of the teams are actually honoring the heritage. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That's where I think it goes sideways. I Anyways, guess. that just got way off course. Yeah, so, Missouri. What, what, what are we what Am are we Kerry? I don't know. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, just all like right. you said. So, Kerry, <laughs> one of the things that you wanted to talk about today was whether or not Mizzou is poised to have their best football, yes. their, their best season in program history. Well, here's my thing. They they are coming off one of the better seasons that, as I said the other day, that I can recall in program history. They This is a program, and let, let me say this, because I, I hear a lot of people, they always talk about Illinois. I don't talk about Illinois. You know why? Because we stunk. I am a realist. I don't talk about teams that aren't good. We were really good a couple of years ago in 2022, had an opportunity to to win some big games, and then we lost to Michigan State. They had half their team. And then we lost to Purdue. And then we lost at Michigan. It was a terrible ending to a really good start of a season. I get it. That's what it was. But Mizzou <laughs> was able to get over that hump. They were able to win the Tennessee game. They were able to win the Florida game. And that put them in a position to play in a play in a uh, in a bowl game versus Ohio State, which they also won. Now, isn't the same don't, Ohio State as you? it was a few years ago mm. for a few months oh, ago. Wow. But it was still, still Ohio, Ohio State. State nonetheless. So are they poised to be in a position to have success? Yes. This is the best opportunity that I can recall for Mizzou to have. Uh, sustained success over a number of years because when you win in the manner in which they did this year, when you play close games against the LSUs and the Georgias of the world, you want to win those games, but you you kept it close enough to where you had an opportunity. You put yourself in a position to recruit the kids that keep your team going in the right direction. And, and it doesn't matter you know, what part of what level of football you are, whether it's NAIA, D2, FCS, FBS, the recruits are the lifeblood of your program. If you are unable to get really talented players or develop players into being really good players, you're not going to have success. I've been a high school coach for a long time, and I, I would tell college coaches, head coaches this. You want to know how long you're going to have a job? Talk to the high school coaches because your recruiting coordinators, your guys that are on the road talking to these coaches, probably going to get you fired if you don't have good ones. Mizzou has a really good coaching staff that does a really good job in recruiting. It's shown this offseason, and now develop those kids to be really good players and go win the Georgia game. Go win the Alabama game. Go win the LSU game. The, 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 the notion that 
you know, losing two games this next year, it shouldn't be enough. You should want to win all of them mm-hmm. because you're putting yourself in a position to have that success and continue that success. They had to get over certain, to your point, Kerry, they had to get over certain hurdles as a program. I thought one was, first first and foremost, getting over that Kansas State hump because you got crushed last year by that yeah. by that same program. And Kansas State was ranked, I think, what, 15th at, what, at the time that Mizzou yeah. played them. So they got over, they passed that test. Then it was the don't have the Mizzou game, and there were several opportunities, opportunities. to have yeah. the Mizzou what do you mean game. By that, you know well, what that means. You lose yeah. to LSU. Yeah, you, can't, you know what that means. That was almost the Mizzou game. The LSU game, I was like, they should have won. They, they, they should have like won. The Middle Tennessee game. State game was, was almost, almost a Mizzou game. game. I, I'll, I'll give you another example, though. You were having a good season. You lost to LSU. You should have won the game. Mm-hmm. You had every opportunity to win it. Then you go on the road to Lexington, and you trail 14 yes. nothing. That was yeah. That, that was, was huge. That, you get and blown out punt, by right? Kentucky. They, they got the fake punt that, that yes. put them back on put them right on the right side of things. Was that correct? And then they had, well, I, I just remember the multiple turnovers in the in the second half yeah. with that, that really allowed Mizzou to pull away. Yeah. But you you lose that game, then you got back-to-back. Now who knows where your season goes? But you didn't. You came back. You won it. You nearly lost to Florida. I would have described that as a Mizzou moment. Yeah. Florida, Florida was not... Not great. Not that... It, it, we're not talking about Urban Meyer's Florida Gators mm-hmm. here. But... You you won that one. You came back. You had you know Brady Cook had that incredible drive. You win that one. You had to pass certain mile markers. Forget beating Georgia in Athens. You don't want a one off. I remember when the Mizzou program all we talked about was the signature win. Screw the signature win. Have the signature season. You have to get to that point at some point. And I feel like we're we're on the cusp of that with Mizzou. It was Ohio State. I realize, Kerry, I think you bring up good points about who didn't play for Ohio State. At least Marvin Harrison. I'm not going to give you credit for Kyle McCord. I've seen enough. Quarterback in the Big Ten matters. Ish. Okay. He was a starting quarterback. Ish. How many games he lose last year? How many games Ohio State lose? How many games did he lose as the starting quarterback? Ohio State lost one game. He's the starting quarterback, Jamie. It matters. How do you do against Michigan? That's the one game he lost. Michigan's going to be the national damn champions. What are we doing here? How do you do? How do you do against Notre Dame? They're going to be the national champions. Okay. Anyways, they won. Then recruiting, like you said, they recruited (laughs) well. They've had a big off season. I do think Mizzou is on the cusp of having an absolutely program defining season. So Mizzou's kind of become a recruiting juggernaut. Am I wrong in saying that? Because every other year I've heard about other programs going out there and just, you know, just killing it. Great recruiting class after great recruiting class. And sometimes the team, you don't have to do much to recruit some of the players because the program's playing so well. It's doing wonders for these kids and NFL picks and also. But I feel like in the last couple of years, and not just because we're local, watching anything nationally as well. They have really talked up how good the recruiting has been by Missouri. Am I crazy? This season has yeah. been they, – they've done a but really good job. last year, not a bad year. Not Think a about where the program was, Not a bad was, year, but, but much better. Yes, was. much better this year. And and you still – you want to get the, the top players in your state. I think that's important. They were they missed out on, on Wingo, uh, which is, he's the kid going to Texas. Yeah, but they fault. did a really good job of, of uh, Nwarney, who is – Williams Nwarney, who is uh, on the Kansas, side, Kansas City side coming, coming to Mizzou. They did a good job of recruiting the kids and actually being able to – 
Drink said it at one point. We're no longer recruiting, air quotes. We're able to go and select the kids that we actually want. Recruiting really signifies we have to go out on the road and and pour and and just, hey come come to our school this this but when you are actually able to select you say yeah I want that kid and that kid's like yeah I want you too mm-hmm. and so they're at that position now now sustain that success yeah. continue to do it in 24 and then in 25 that's the that, that's the one reward you get for having a good season you get to try to do it again mm-hmm. and if you don't do it again then it doesn't it doesn't matter what happened in the past winning against ohio state whether or not their starting quarterback was there or not if you don't go on and have the success for 24 we're going to call I it just, I just said it doesn't matter Carry if asterisk. they did it or not it doesn't matter if you're not able to sustain it so there you go <laughs> And, and and in all for Missouri and for Missouri fans, hopefully they're able to, mm-hmm. because that that's a that is a great feeling when your program is in those conversations of now we're in the playoffs. Okay, we win the SEC championship. Now we're in the playoffs. Oh, now we're in conversations for actually potentially being national champions. Those are the conversations you want to have, and they're going. They're trending in the right direction. They killed in the transfer. If they were too. stock, I would be buying. How about that? Okay. Wow. All right. Very nice. Kelly Davis buys Missouri stock. Uh, Three twenty-five. Wow. That almost classifies him as a fan. Carrie wow. becomes a Mizzou I'm a, fan. I like money. Yeah, yeah, I know you do. Stop spending enough of it at Mizzou right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should get something on my return. There you go. On my return. That's Kerry Davis. That's Jamie Rivers of Anthony Salter. We're gonna play Prove Me Wrong. So if you have a Prove Me Wrong oh, statement, on, Kerry. a Prove Me Wrong statement, you can send it into the Air Comfort Service tax line at three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Again, Prove Me Wrong next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred one ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. Wait, it's Jamie's favorite. What is that from? I know that voice. It, I, I mean, it sounds like something from like South Park or something. You're no. close. You're close. You're in the Simpsons? same type of. Yes. Okay. It's from The Simpsons. Yeah, but that voice is a, a famous actor. <laughs> He's in the movie. I'm, I'll place it eventually. Anthony, you know the hamster jumps in the wheel. It might it's take some, a couple days. It's but. Josh Ennis' dad. No, oh, it's no, not. It's not. Yeah. At this point, I'd be willing to believe it. No, you uh, honestly, it sounds like Phil Hartman. I think it's Phil Hartman. It's a good guess. Because he used to do the voice for. Um, Wasn't he the principal? Not the principal. Who was he? No, the uh, Todd McClure or whatever his name was. Hmm. It's like a local celebrity guy. Oh. Anyways, hmm. time to play Prove Me Wrong. Yeah, that so went right over my head. Good yeah. talk, Anthony. <laughs> Never All right, heard Jamie, of no, you know what? You bring up who was that for? You asked me a question. I try to help out. Now you crap on me. That's cool. Good, good That's talk. good. How's your problem? Uh, good talk. Did I say something Dude, negative? Are you guys done way. bickering? Passive. Your Honor, wasn't well, that in a passive aggressive manner? not man? passive aggressive. I don't have a lot of passive aggressive in me. <laughs> typically, <laughs> I can tell you. Typically, I agree with you, Jamie. But that had passive aggressive written all over it. Uh, all right. Carrie, right. your co-counsel's here. Uh, they're I mean, already bickering. I, yeah. I don't know how we're going to get through. You're going to have to save this court I, right, right now. Are you all good? Right. I'm ready to roll, I think. Word on the street is yeah, you were not ready to roll last not. week. No, he was fine. He did a great job. He got a little – he let emotion get in the way of winning. It. Yeah. Okay. Okay? And, and winning is personal. What we yeah. Winning is what we're the what defense. We're That's all we got here. All we care about is winning. <clears throat> Once we went over that, uh, carry is all about winning. Okay. Yes. I expected a different Indeed. carry. All right. Indeed. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Marsh? You guys are ready to go. The honorable – 
Marshy Marsh. You don't have to butter him up. He is. I know. He's deciding our fate, too. From the 314, the transfer portal and these kids sitting out during bowl games are killing the bowl games. Prove me wrong. I, I would like Jamie Rivers oh, to no, represent. Hey, hey. <laughs> I'll defer that since I'm the wrong guy for this, uh, Council. Oh, yeah. Go ahead, you, you want me to? Yes, yeah. please. <laughs> uh, Your Honor, can you repeat the, can you repeat the, uh, the statement, please? The transfer portal. And these you know kids what? sitting out during bowl games are killing the bowl games. I, I, I actually can take this one. All right, you're on. So here, here's why Davis. this is incorrect. You know, what the transfer portal provides is young men opportunities. It provides opportunities for young men to go other places where they may be more respected and appreciated. And and most importantly, for those bowl games, it, it allows these young men who have not had the opportunity to prove themselves worthy of a position on a college football field, the opportunity to play in that game. Because had the transfer portal not taken place, these young men would be sitting on benches for years. Their families would be distraught. They would be heartbroken because they never got to witness their child play on TV in a bowl game, in a meaningful game. So what the transfer portal allows for these young men that are normally sitting on benches it allows them an opportunity for all of us americans to watch them do the best that they can do when they can do it their families us america is better for it the transfer portal is here to stay and we are thankful for it i thought this was america i thought it was well said it opportunity is. coming from a canadian america <laughs> yeah I, I can't get behind oh, it. Are you serious? I can't get behind oh, judge, it. Are you serious oh. on this? First of all, you no. guys had no idea what direction you were going <laughs> no, in. We, hold on, hold we on. We talked about it. We conferred. Hey, every now and then you pick the best lawyer from your group <laughs> to represent. And we did. We absolutely while, did. That was while a sound that is true, you got jobbed. I, I there think are, so. While that is true, <laughs> the date that the transfer portal is open coincides with bowl games, and that is why you are seeing a lot of these bowl oh. games not meaning anything to certain people. It means it a lot. It means everything, everything. To, some, to somebody. Oh, just because it doesn't mean anything to you, <laughs> Judge. bowl game is some kid's Super Bowl. Seriously. We have Kyle McCord, who only lost one game to the eventual national champions, according to Kerry Davis, and he transferred out. He couldn't have. Never mind. <laughs> He wanted to give the it's guys fine. behind him an opportunity. It's fine, Carrie, you got jobbed. No, he didn't! <laughs> got jobbed. He wanted to give old number 33 yeah. an opportunity. Yep. That guy who played eight snaps before he got hurt. Yeah, he was jogging on the sidelines and stuff. Okay. I appreciate the, the effort. Wow. Wow. No, you don't. Well, it, really, it really came down to you guys not having a direction right from the get-go. No, we did. We just wanted to pick the right counsel. Exactly, and we did. I take everything into consideration here. The stance I've had on this. Anthony, I'm like, I'm shaking off the pitch. I'm like, no, not me. I went the other way. Yeah. I look at body language. I take wow. everything into consideration. Well, we can't even, can't even con wow. confer. The judge looking at body language. Interesting. Here we go. From the 661, prove me wrong. Week 18 of the NFL season is completely pointless. Completely pointless? What are, what are we talking about here? Completely pointless. How many games are, actually matter in terms of the, the playoffs? I mean, in seeding. All of them. Every are you game. kidding me right now with yeah. this garbage that you, yeah. just, that you just put in front of me? This is a waste of our time. This is an outstanding week. I agree. 
You've got playoff matchups, teams on both sides looking to either get in, hell, win a division. There you go. Seeding could be a top seed, could be the second seed. Hell, it could be third or fourth seed. That's what Week 18 is all about. It doesn't matter. You tell me football, you don't want to watch football? Is that is that what this guy's telling me? Don't want to watch football. You tell that to the NFC South, that it doesn't matter. And it tell doesn't matter. Vegas. You got three of the four teams in the NFC South <laughs> battling for a division. Fighting. Green Bay, it, it matters in Green Bay, right? It matters in oh, Green okay. Bay. It matters in Minnesota. Yep. Hell, it matters in Atlanta. There you go. In New Orleans. Yep. And Tampa. There's a lot of cities that matter. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Damn near all of them. Yeah. No. Sounds like it. Buffalo it matters to them. Buffalo. Oh. Miami. These are, these are good cities. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> Automatic. <laughs> All Thank right, you. from the 314, prove Uh-oh. me wrong. The Blues won't get out of the first round of the playoffs for the next five years. Five years? Are you out of your freaking mind? I think the team right now has a chance to win the first round. Do you not remember them playing a couple years ago against the Stanley Cup champions? Nobody gave them a chance, and you know what. But Jordan Bennington was there, and then Nazem Kadri ran him over, and that's the only chance the Avalanche had at that point. But fast forward to where we are right now. We are just were talking about Colton Pareko having – his best season as a blue and that's only going to get better the next couple of years Colton Pareko is even going to be more refined he's going to be even more polished he's going to have more confidence and it's going to be healthy playing the way he is Robert Thomas we talk about Selkie Trophy we talk mm-hmm. about Pavel Buchnevich in the same breath how about Jordan Cairo what if he continues this trajectory offensively he becomes a 90 to 100 point player Robert Thomas does you've got maybe three guys on your roster that are 90 to 100 point players with the supporting cast of a Jake Neighbors. That's right. Jake Neighbors has 12 goals right now. Tell him. And we haven't mm-hmm. even we haven't even talked about Dalibor Dvorsky, who people right now, the World Juniors, are mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. thrilled about. They said, and I quote, this is a guy you build your team around. And he hasn't even had a chance yet to come to an NHL camp because he was on a pro team last year in Sweden, so he wasn't allowed to come to real training camp for the Blues. He might win a spot outright next year. And how about Jimmy Snuggerud? All he does is light the red lamp up there. Goalies have sunburn on the back of their mm-hmm. neck playing mm-hmm. against Jimmy Snuggerud mm-hmm. yep. because he scores so many damn goals. Better get some sunscreen. So yep. you're telling me that what they have currently as a young foundation, adding more young pieces that have dynamic ability alongside the fact that you got Jordan Bennington in Nets and Joel Holfer for the foreseeable future, go chase yourself. They're definitely getting in the playoffs. Anytime you have Jordan Bennington between the pipes, you have a chance to win a playoff round and those goalies in college hockey they're more sunburnt than jamie when he's between the benches on home ice yes. Yes. nice job jamie job. all right Carrie, well done i think i think we have one that uh you might be able to get some some revenge here or uh you know just get back at me from the 314 prove me wrong the bowl games were already dead when they brought in the college football playoff well <sighs> You, you know, tell me, no. you tell me, it didn't matter for Mizzou. <laughs> oh, no, Mizzou's faithful. You saying a bowl game doesn't matter, huh? For Mizzou, my co-counsel went to a Maryland game, a I, Maryland I game in did. Nashville. Had yeah. the hell of a time. I did. He posted on social media. Yeah, I did. Loved it. <laughs> Loved every. He was waving that terrapin towel all yeah, over the place. I was he screaming. Was, he was saying, yeah, "Let's go, First Turtles." Down. First down, second yeah. down, he, he was screaming it all. You tell me it didn't matter to my co-counsel? It definitely mattered. Huh? You yeah. tell me South it didn't matter to the South Alabama Jaguars who absolutely waxed the Eastern Michigan uh, Eagles? 
Yeah, Oregon beating up on Liberty. I got kids at Oregon. I guess it didn't it, matter to Bo Nix who yeah. decided to it, play in the game. seventh season yes. of college football. It mattered, man. Yeah, it, it mattered. It certainly mattered to the Liberty Flames on that first drive. Yeah, Afterwards, sure maybe not did. so much. But it certainly mattered they for were, a drive. They were ready to roll. Mattered in Vegas. Come yeah. on now. Yeah. Didn't matter. Bowl games don't matter. <laughs> Come on. I mean, if Kerry's posting pictures on Instagram, <laughs> he went. I mean, hey, that goes clear. a long way. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, let's do another one from the 618. I thought he's going to pass out. I had a whole I'm Northern Illinois. One of, <laughs> I couldn't believe how I, deep you were going on I that. Was, I, I was prepared. Oh, I was yeah. prepared. Yeah. All right, from the 618, prove me wrong. The NFL needs to stop rushing number one draft picks to start their rookie season. Look at Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, hell, even Patrick Mahomes didn't start his first year. I mean, what are we doing? Why do you draft a guy? You draft him to sit him. No, you draft him to play him right away because you brought him in to change the trajectory of your franchise. That's his job. That's his role. To whom much is given, much is required. We all understand that. And if you are a first round, first day, first pick, whatever the case may be, your job is to save that franchise because clearly the year before they stunk. Right. Mm. They were a terrible team in order to even have that high of a draft pick. So what is your role? It's not to sit on the bench and watch. It's not to sit there and gain information. It is to help this organization become a champion because that's why you were brought here. You think Peyton Manning was going to sit on the bench? No, he was there. And what did Peyton? What, what, what did Peyton go down as? Probably the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Wow. One second. Oh, OK. Greatest quarterback to ever play the game. You said one of. One of. One of. He's the greatest in this case. Ah. So, here we are. That's the purpose. That's why you allowed them to play. Let them go. He's and rolling. that's why you let them do what <laughs> they need to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kerry, you make a great point. Uh-oh. Peyton Manning, he's up there. I look at a more recent person as well, C.J. Stroud. Mm. There you go. Excellent quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. First year. Zach Wilson. Mm. <laughs> Help me <laughs> What are you doing? You already like, almost ruined it with the up. second guy because of Tom Brady. He's, a, he's late in the draft. I was trying to get you to shh, shh, I know, shh, but I can't doing? do that to my guy Tom. Oh, my God. I can't. We have a special bond, you man. What the hell? You, you killed me here. I think Zach was trying to win his first game. I was, trying, was, trying, to, to, I was trying to get you to you. I said the best and then. Don't worry about the other guy. I, I have a certain dedication oh, to Tom Zach Brady. Zach Wilson? Come on. Now that, that may have been conclude. the strongest that part of the camel. <laughs> that will conclude <laughs> our uh, cases today and prove me wrong. That's Anthony's guy. Oh, my God. You could have won with my actual guy. It would be Matt Ryan. <laughs> you had a Zach Wilson jersey before I he was drafted. Not. You know you did. I Stop liked it. Zach. I, I did. Uh, I liked him. And I was wrong. That didn't help the conversation. You have to bring it up to ruin his case. I didn't. I was just... Talking about first-round picks. Kerry got the buzzer early today. He was in a prime position, and you just went and ruined it. Uh, I didn't. You should be listening to me. I'm just in the courtroom. (laughs) You're like the buddy. You're like the guy, forgot his name, who played on the Dallas Stars, who had a wide-open empty net and then fell, and then the Edmonton (laughs) Oilers went down and scored and tied the game. Yes. (laughs) That's you right now. I'm going to score. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> I should have just been held in contempt. Not you affect his, his decisions. Jeez. Well, if that wasn't frustrating enough, we'll talk about frustration among coaches when the losing starts to pile up. That's next on 101 ESPN. Cardinals. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Carrie, I think you had sent something out to our group text about Mike Vrabel earlier today and how Mike Vrabel is absolutely going to play Week 18 like it matters, despite the fact that his Titans are are, – they don't – they're not playing for anything but pride at this point. Uh, but you had mentioned, you know, look, when it comes to a head coach like Vrabel, who's uh, proud, 5-11 and team, still fighting for something, or Bill Belichick. I, I saw that this is the most losses Bill Belichick has ever had in his his coaching career in a mm-hmm. single season. It's At what point? I mean, you guys played for different organizations, you in the NFL, Jamie, you in the NHL. When you see a head coach – have to wear the losses week in and week out. How much? How much does that impact the way that he he operates day to day? Oh, I think it impacts everything. <laughs> I think it impacts how he interacts with the team, how he interacts with his family. If winning, I think I heard Bill Belichick say this one time that losing impacts your quality of life. Like when you are consistently losing games, it's hard to go about a regular day because. You know, I, I people are wondering, well, why aren't you working? You're outside getting groceries or getting the mail. Well, why aren't you studying film? <laughs> I've been doing that for 23 hours, sir. I right. need to get need some to fresh eat. air. Yeah, I'd like to eat, <laughs> drink a glass of water. That'd be nice. Um, and it just changes how people are. I mean, and it's it's a difficult situation. I've never been a part of a a a team where the coaching staff got fired. I have been a part of a uh, my coach at Illinois got fired a few years after I left, but that was because we had some really bad seasons. And so when you are a a player and you're part of that, you see how much it wears on the coaching staff. And I, I brought it up because we talked about Craig Berube obviously losing his job earlier this year. A lot of people have called for Ali Marmol's job throughout the past season and, and wanting him to be removed from that position. It is a tough task to get grown men, young men, young women people to do something consistently over and over and over again and they're charged with that job yeah i mean look when it comes to coaching and pro sports in general i always try to parallel that to the business world so that you know our listeners can kind of have a reference point because not all of our listeners played athletics at a high level Mm -hmm. maybe high school whatever or intramural in college still not pro so it's it's sometimes hard to to use a reference point and be like okay i get it but it's just like Kerry said, some of the companies that maybe you work for, you'll notice a high turnover in management. And that usually coincides with the bottom line not being where it needs to yeah. be. Or employees that are underperforming. So the employees go, right? You go, okay, employee, employee, employee. After a while, you go, no, something's wrong here. They're mm. not getting the training. They're not getting the managerial advice. They're not getting, though the manager has to go now, or the general manager of the store or the company, whatever it is. So the same applies in pro sports is you first maneuver some players. And when you realize that it's not the players <laughs> and that maybe it's the coaches or the coach's message, then you have to move in a different direction. And it's not easy to do because most coaches that are shown the door, there's a big percentage of that team that still believe in that coach, that still like that coach. I've never seen any one singular head coach have everybody love him. It's just he's not doing his job if that's the case because yeah. there's some guys that need to hate the head coach. Yeah. They do. And, you know, I was fortunate that I played for a lot of really good coaches in the NHL, and I, I was a part of a couple of seasons to where the coach was relieved of his duties in the middle of the season. Mike Keenan was one of them. We were a playoff team when Mike Keenan got fired. What happened? We played better. 
we got better as a team. Joel Quenville came in and was able to maximize what that team truly was. In other situations, they were losing seasons or things weren't going the right way, and you're looking for a change of direction. But how frustrating is it for the coach? How frustrating do you think it would be if you know what you're doing? You've proven it. You've proven it. You've either won a division, a conference, or a championship, and you're sitting there going, I didn't forget how to coach. Mm-hmm. And now we're losing, and these guys aren't responding, and now I'm going to lose my job potentially when I've done nothing different except what I know how to do every single day. Yeah, That's the frustrating part. That, that might be part of the, the issue, though, depending on what the situation is. If you're unwilling to change, then shame on you. Right. There's always a constant evolution, yeah. but your core values as a coach, as a boss, as an owner, no matter right. what it is, that's your change. foundation. Right. I, and I think the, the frustration for coaches comes in when, as you said, I know this game. I, I know what you're supposed to be doing. But the people aren't doing it. Mm-hmm. I think, and and that's why, you know, I, I hear people always complain about, oh, the coach, this coach. The coach does not play one down. They do not take one shift. They don't throw one pitch. They don't take one at bat. All they do is prepare the players for the opportunity that when you get presented with that opportunity, <clears throat> you have to make the most of it. And if you don't, then you either, A, need to get new players, and if you're unable to do that, eh, you probably got to get a new coach. And that, to me, is one of the most frustrating things about coaching is when you can't get guys to do the job that you know they're capable of doing, it's a really tough task to, to hold on to that position. Sure. And a lot of times, most of the times, you're not picking you're not picking out the groceries. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> and and in Vrabel's case, right, Marcy? he doesn't have it might be a talent deficiency, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have guys that are even good enough to to be able or to you have, have a, the success. You have a talent recognition problem too. Maybe that's the problem when you're but drafting that's, that's guys that are talented. Not, that's enough. not on him though specifically. That would be on the people above him. No, I like I, you only have so much pull as a head coach. To, then, then how much pull does Bill Belichick have? Because uh, he's, he's, he's got, it got it all. Right. Yeah. So he's they've got, obviously got a talent some, recognition problem in New England, mm-hmm. and that's my team. Yeah, yeah. One of them. Trouble. Yep. The original team. But um, <laughs> yeah. So the crazy. The crazy thing is they're not. They're not that far off. I mean, when you watch them play the Patriots. Yeah. You okay? So hear me out, because I know I know what I just said. Probably a lot of people are like, "This was this was stupid." Get him, Anthony. I I get it. Patriots are good. I get it. No, no, no. I'm not saying they're not saying they're good. He just said they're four. They're four and twelve. Four and twelve. Hear me out. They lost twenty-five to twenty against the Eagles. They were driving in that game. The final the final drive. The kid. Who was the kid that stepped out of bounds on that first on that fourth down play? They were they were deep in Philadelphia territory. Twenty. So they lose. They lose twenty-five to twenty. They lost 24 to 17 against the Dolphins. They turned the ball over 482 times and still only lost 21 to 7, uh, 20, 27 to 21 against the Bills. There are other games. I mean, the, the Chargers, they wound up, wound up scoring one touchdown that game they win. They lost 10 to 7 to the Giants, 10 to 6 to the Colts. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're a good team. What I'm saying is they're not as far off as what you'd think a four and twelve team would be at this point. Like they're not Carolina. I was just about I, I, to say they're not Carolina. Well, they're not. I mean, they had a three game stretch where they scored thirteen points. Right. They were they aren't that good either. I, I'm not saying they're good. <laughs> I, I think they're further away from being a good team than than closer to, to, to what you think. Do you do you put them in the same category as Tennessee? I would take Tennessee above uh above New I, England. I would take the Patriots. Wow. I would take Tennessee. I, I think Tennessee Even has I more. I would lean towards the Titans right now. <laughs> I'm a fan. I mean, God. That's fine. 
Yeah. I would take Tennessee. I like where you're at. I'd ra- I <laughs> hope, sound like I it. hope <laughs> you're right. Washington. I think I'd take Washington. Washington. I wouldn't. I'd take the Patriots. I'd take Washington. I mean, there was a point where, where um, you know, they were the quarterback was leading the league in passing. They, they are – I think Washington – that's because they what, hold on. They throw well, the ball. They throw the ball every day. No, 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 no. <laughs> that, that, how 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 was doing a really good job? Just turned it over to the other team too many times. Yeah. I I still, he was attempting. He forgot he, what color jerseys. It happens. Jamie. Attempting, Jamie attempting happens. passes. Sometimes you forget what color pass attempts down. a game. Of course, he's almost leading the league. They were doing a much. I when I watch the New England Patriots, I try not to watch them. Is they're not look? They're not good. They're they not are terrible. They're, See that's where I'm. Carolina's <laughs> terrible. Like when Carolina they are, they are is terrible. A step above. Tennessee's not good. Tennessee is much better than than much. Than, that's a stretch. No, they are much better. No, I can't uh, let you talk ha- about my Patriots who, like that. Who are the who? Who's playing receiver for New England? Who you know that guy? Yeah, who cares? exactly. <laughs> who's playing receiver for Tennessee outside of DeAndre Hopkins? That's all you need to know. They got, they got they got D Hop right. They got D Hop, and that was the, uh, that, that put them that put them over the top. That definitely. No, helped. it didn't. They got Derrick Henry. See, here's my thing: when you watch a football game, always comes back to the running back. No, 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 no. When you watch a when you watch a football game, I look at it from a from a player's perspective, right? So when we were when we would sit in our film in our meeting rooms prior to the week of of preparation, there are names and numbers that are circled. Sure. Who in the hell are you? And these are the guys that you must know where they are at all times. Yeah. In Tennessee, you're going to at least circle two names, two numbers. You're going to circle DeAndre Hopkins. You're going to circle Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. On offense, who the hell are you? You're circling Bailey Zappi? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> no. What the hell do I care what Bailey Zappi does? You know what, guys? The meeting room. Guys, we just need to play our game. We go out there, take care of our business. No matter what they do, we are in control of this game. Right. They can do whatever the hell they We don't even really need to watch film this week because whatever they do, mm-hmm. whatever they did last week, they ain't going to do this week because that Shame week stunk. And that team that you just described, Gary, and that team is terrible. Went into Buffalo last week when everybody's calling the Bills the most dangerous wild card team. Ever known to man, that team went in there and nearly beat them. They returned a kickoff to start the game. That's a big kickoff. And they handed a huge. And they handed Buffalo turnover after turnover after turnover, and still had a chance to win. Bailey Zappi had 209 yards and three interceptions. You know what? We're going to get to your guy Justin Fields too, (laughs) and still almost beat him. If you want to throw out some statistics, let's get into Justin Fields later, (laughs) Kerry. Let's do it. We got to get into the gauntlet next, though. Here in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Three warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. 405, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalton. We welcome back Ben for round two of the gauntlet. What's up, Ben? Hello, how are we doing? Doing all right, Ben. Uh, you're all you're all business, it seems like. Very business-like. Yeah. <laughs> Kerry's still disgusted. I'm, I'm bothered. Kerry's still disgusted. Just Ben. Don't worry about it. <laughs> ben, not a good place to be, Ben. All right, uh, would you like to take on Marsh, Jamie, or me in round two? Uh, we'll go with Mr. Rivers today. All right. Oh, All right. Feeling good about yourself, eh, buddy boy? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. All right, I don't blame <laughs> you. Good luck, buddy. 
right, thank you, sir. All right, as Jamie makes his way into the cone of silence, Ben, go ahead and tell Marsh to spin that wheel. Spin that wheel. I'm assuming anything but hockey here, Ben? Yeah, same, uh, same as yesterday. Same premise. All right, yeah. let's see. He usually gets football. And Jamie's going to get football again. Yeah. We got back-to-back -back football. When you eventually face me, then you'll get your hockey fix in, Ben. Yeah, later. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we got the launch codes. Thank you, Marsh. Four football questions. All were two points unless you ask for the options. Then the questions are worth one point. Ben, are you ready? Yes, sir. All right, question one. In last year's playoffs, which team defeated the Baltimore Ravens? In last year's playoffs, which team defeated the Baltimore Ravens? Um, can I get the options? The Bengals, the Bills, or the Chiefs? Mm -hmm. Bengals final answer. All right, Ben. When the Patriots beat the Rams thirteen to three in Super Bowl Fifty Three, who was the Super Bowl MVP? Uh, take the options again. Is it Tom Brady, Julian Edelman, James White? Go Edelman final answer. Question number three. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl that season after taking down which team in the NFC Championship game, a game that saw a critical and controversial pass interference non-call? Saints final answer. And finally, Ben, which university did Drew Brees play his college football at? Purdue final answer. All right. We'll bring back Jamie from the Cone of Silence. Ben, how you feeling? Uh, I like the second two questions more than the first two. <laughs> All right, fair enough. <laughs> Jamie's making his way back in from the cone of silence, putting his ear earbuds in. Jamie, how was the cone of silence? Lonely, huh? It, it's uh, yeah, very lonely. No Mike Ryder, uh, no music, no ambiance, nothing. Nice. Kind of like yeah. a little bit of a panic room. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jamie. Yeah, better pack that lunch. Yeah, okay. Football is category, of course. I love football. football is the category. Love it. The wheel loves it for you. Indeed. Let's go, baby. Question one. In yeah. last year's playoffs, which team defeated the Baltimore Ravens? In last year's playoffs, oh, which gosh. team defeated the Baltimore Ravens? Okay. Uh, Jacksonville won a game, but I don't think it was against Ravens, or was it? Any options, please? Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Okay. The Bengals, the Bills, the Chiefs. Hmm. Why do I not know this? Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. The so Bills played. Hmm. Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. I'll go with the. Uh... <sighs> go with the Kansas City Chiefs. Final answer. Final answer. When the Patriots beat the Rams 13 to 3 in Super Bowl 53, who was the Super Bowl MVP? Oh wow. Options, please. Is it Tom Brady? Julian Edelman? James White? 
13 to 3. Can't imagine the quarterback getting that one. <laughs> uh, I'll go at uh, James White. Final answer. Question number three. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl that season after taking down which team in the NFC Championship game? A game that saw a critical and controversial pass interference non-call. Yeah, New Orleans Saints. Final answer. And question number four. Which university did Drew Brees play football at? His college football career. Oh, I should know this. Drew Brees. I can kind of see it right now. And then I can kind of not. Was it Purdue? Son of a batch of biscuits. I think he was a boilermaker. I'm just going for it. Anthony Purdue, final answer. All right. All right, let's go over these. Ben versus Jamie. Category, football. Which university did Drew Brees play college football at? Jamie, he said, I'm just going for it. I think he was a boilermaker. You said Purdue. Ben, you also said Purdue. Correct answer is... Purdue. Purdue. Neither of you needed the option, so we got a 2-2 tie between Ben and Jamie. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl that season. The question before it was talking about the the Rams. The Rams made it to the Super Bowl that season after taking down which team in the NFC Championship game, a game that saw a critical and controversial pass interference non-call. Ben, you went with the Saints. Jamie, you went with the Saints. Correct answer is? The New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. Neither of you needed the options. Two, two. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. On that me. question as well. Four, Those four, were in overall. my back pocket, too. Four, four, Son overall. Of when the Patriots beat the Rams 13 to 3 in Super Bowl 53, who was the Super Bowl MVP? You guys both chose the options. You had different answers, though. Jamie, you went James White. Ben, you went Julian Edelman. Correct answer is Julian Edelman. Je- Julian Edelman. <laughs> nice. So Ben takes a one-point lead Whatever, over ben. Jamie. Comes down to this. In last year's playoffs, which team defeated the Baltimore Ravens? It wasn't the Chiefs. Both of you, both of you <laughs> took the I, options. Uh... Both of you took the options. You have different answers. Uh, Jamie, as you just mentioned, disgusted with yourself. Completely. You went with the Chiefs. Yeah. Ben, you went with the Bengals. Yeah. The other option is the Bills. Mm-hmm. If it's the Chiefs, we've got a walk-off. If it was the Bengals or the Bills, Ben advances to the third round of the gauntlet. Ben. You have chosen wisely. It was the Cincinnati Bengals. If you remember, Sam Hubbard had a 94-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown that put the Bengals over the top in that one. Third-string quarterback, second-string. It was Tyrod Taylor. No, it was uh, was Huntley. Huntley. Yeah, it was Huntley. Didn't he get hurt in that game? He may have. I think they had a third-string quarterback, and I could be wrong. Uh, let's see here. Lamar. No, that's uh, why. Huntley played, <laughs> Huntley played the whole game. Okay. I thought he got hurt. Ben, congratulations. <sighs> you beat Jamie. You're going to take on either March or me tomorrow. Nice nice job, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank hey, you. Nice job, man. man. Wow. Nice job. New year, new us, huh? <laughs> Not uh, four. (laughs) (laughs) At least we added a guy. (laughs) Hey, we started off slow last year, too. We did. And then we picked it up as the year went on. Sort of like the Cardinals do. On typically, good, on good years. Uh, sure, yeah, typically, yes. Actually, I'd stay away from that let's, one right let's hope that we're not the Cardinals of last year. That could be too. Could yeah. be a bad it April. Yeah. What's trending is that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back.
to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Guys, the World Juniors are going on right now. It also came out today that Minneapolis, St. Paul, will host the 2026 World Juniors. So we will get that here in the United States. Sounds like a, a really fun time and a great way to show off young hockey players the youth that is right here in the united states right here on home soil yeah i wish it was right here in st louis i get emotional talking about the world <laughs> um, i know i know that there was a, a push at one point to try and get the world junior championship here in st louis and it is great that it's coming back to the united states i think that it's a fantastic tournament i think if nothing else what people have been able to see watching games on NHL Network is just how talented these players are. And it's a fun, emotional tournament. I do think that Minnesota will do a great job hosting it. They call themselves the state of hockey, and they do a great job of supporting a lot of high school hockey and college hockey in Minnesota, as well as the Minnesota Wild. But, you know, obviously this is a little different. Uh, But I got to say, I'm still a little bit miffed that St. Louis didn't get the opportunity for this one. And maybe they will in the future. St. Louis certainly has added the facilities that are required mm-hmm. for a championship like this. They've got the seating the, for a smaller game at Centene. They want to upgrade that a little bit. You've got the family arena in St. Charles that can handle about 9,000, 10,000 people. And, of course, Enterprise Center can handle, what, 19,000 people. Mm-hmm. So you have the venues available here mm-hmm. locally that could support the tournament. Um, but, you know, maybe in due time. Who, who do we have to punch to make it happen? Uh, somebody with the IIHF. I don't know who the hell's in right. charge of that anymore. Yeah. But Marsh, get on there, kid. Yeah, I mean, we we had you know punch a Red Wings fan in the face day. Mm-hmm. I think we can maybe work, make this one happen as well. Yeah. So good cause. Does it help <laughs> us, or do we just grab them and threaten the punch until he give like? Because mm. once we punch him in the face, uh, the threat is gone. You know, game time decision on that. Punching usually works very well. Yeah, but if someone punched me in the face, I'd say, go screw yourself. No, now you get nothing. Well, then, Punch me in the face again. I don't care. You already hit me once. <laughs> the threat of being punched again doesn't doesn't. No, because do I already took one. Nah, like, okay. I don't care now. Now the worst has already happened. Ah. Something to think about. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Now, do, Life lessons. Do, we, do we punch them in the face or do we just <laughs> no, simply right neck. bring them to the free zoo? Well, you got to be careful right of that one, Anthony. In the neck. In the neck. Yeah. yeah. The throat you know, punch can be dangerous yeah, sometimes. You could, you could collapse yeah. something there. Well, I'm sorry. Do we want the uh, world troopers <laughs> in St. Louis or not? So are we trying to get the okay from the next man up or that guy? <laughs> Either way. <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah, I mean, I don't I, hate I'm your speaking strategy. of I'm speaking of passion here. You know, you you keep saying oh, I want it here, I want it here, and I bring up a solution. Here, try and to do something about it. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Marshy. You're the enforcer. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie's over here. Well, do we? What do we? You do should we want add, this or not? You should add that to the clear it camp, like just like a side camp yeah. of like how to properly punch people in the throat. This is why you're my mm. promotions guy. Absolutely. <laughs> to punch you in the throat camp. We're the Jake Paul and whoever of. Of youth hockey camps. That's right. Yes. 
Here we're we going to go. get this thing off the ground just as Absolutely. soon as we get Synergy Hockey on board. We don't need them. I didn't have to. We, <laughs> we don't, don't even need them. my company with that. <laughs> Sorry, Jamie. We're not, we're not going your direction anymore. That's good. You know what? Fine. Have it your way. <laughs> don't come back at us. I know, you're, in on yeah. this. I know you're pretty beat we're up about the ground. it. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're good. Go ahead, Mark. We'll prove good you luck, wrong. Kerry. All right, guys. Man. David Tepper, what a terrible year for that franchise. Mm. He was fined today $300,000, not a lot of money for him, <laughs> for his unacceptable conduct in Jacksonville during Sunday's game, the league announced. In quote, all NFL personnel are expected to conduct themselves at all times in ways that respect our fans. Oh, just now? Man, just so, now they're requiring that? So, I mean, we know something else with an owner happened in, in Florida, uh, but this time... Um, that was a little you know, different. It, it was a little it was different. A little this, different. This <laughs> didn't cost him quite so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Depends on how, how many times he went. That's a good point. I mean, we're talking uh, yearly. Cost him. It's possible. Yeah. Maybe he's yeah. yeah. going down there every week. You never know. Yeah. Flying down there, you got yeah. cost yeah. gas. Oh yeah. yeah. The private jet, the gas alone. Yeah. Yep. So he he threw what a drink on a fan. Yeah. Yeah. It was a stupid move, and three hundred grand. To your point, Marshy, that's like finding the spare change in the cushions of his couch for this guy. Right. He doesn't care. There's no lesson learned here. And, and you know, Stephen A. Smith and those those uh, people on, uh, I don't know if it was Get Up or First Take, one of those shows in the morning, because Stephen A. is on every single show. So okay. one of those shows, you know, Stephen A. just said, look, at 300 grand, it's, like, it's nothing. But w- what's the option? You try and take a draft pick away? That's pretty... Like that's intense. You, yeah, you, you're you're punishing more than just the owner at that point, Gary. Well, he's the owner of the team, so you should. If if your team is punished because you did, made a a stupid act, because you did something, what's the only other thing we can do now? You throw a drink on me, I'm probably climbing in the booth, and we're going to see if you got if your hands work as well as they do when you're throwing <laughs> drinks. So now let's see if those work in a different way. Because why would you throw a drink on someone? That is that that's you know there are well, levels one, he of thought disrespect. there'd be no repercussions. The, you no, know, he had he to have have thrown he was, that drink on the guy in the face if he's standing right in front of him. I'm sure of that. He did it. Oh, and then he walked he, away. He basically scurried he away from there. It, it speaks volumes. I think you're seeing more of who he is. Yeah. I mean, you heard about it. We talked about it with with Frank Reich and and his comments prior to him being fired. We have meetings every day, and it's not fun. Yeah. It's it just this is not a, a an owner that. Is showing great leadership for his organization and showing what he needs to be doing. $300,000 is not a lot of money, I'm sure, for him. It doesn't matter. Not a big deal. Throw a drink in someone's face. Not a big deal for him. But for the NFL, for as much as you find players for everything, you get fined for so many different things. To to If this was a player throwing a drink or throwing something at a fan, it would be a much bigger issue. Well, can you imagine? It would be a much bigger issue for oh, and for then the that owner player. would come down on the player, the there league, and then the owner be right. shaking his finger. How dare you treat our yeah. fans like that? This is my livelihood. Yeah. yeah. So this is my team. Why? Well, yeah. So I don't what know. do you think should have happened? So three hundred grand plus what? Plus, uh, I Death. mean. Well, no, that's bad. Uh, that's that's way too much. Yeah, my bad. That's worse than a dark isn't it? That was tough. The whole bottle and mosaic thing. That's not. You know, guys, that's on me. Whoa! My goodness. I, I think yeah. I do think a draft pick at some level, something that really makes him understand this is unacceptable. Like three hundred thousand dollars again. It's probably not a lot of money for him, but something where you say this type of behavior yeah. behavior can is not acceptable and cannot continue. 
You cannot continue to do things, even if it's your first time as an owner. You shouldn't do that to fans of an opposition of an opposing team or or your own team. He probably wants to throw drinks in his own fans' face. Like, <laughs> as bad uh, as they throw are. drinks in his own face. He, they got seventeen the, of away. He's finish, probably doing that anyway. They're gonna finish last and still not get the first pick because they Jamie. traded it. Yeah. <laughs> So, hey, as long as fans aren't throwing <laughs> drinks at the players, I mean, yeah. I can't imagine if something like that ever happened. Well, Anthony, right. you were there. Funny how I got to get out of here. Back to Anthony. Today. Yeah, on that one. Uh, mm-hmm. Real, real quick here. Paul Feinbaum was on ESPN's Get Up, and he suggested that Nick Saban could potentially retire after the loss this past weekend. He said, for Saban, it feels like he's very close to the end. He can't stand the transfer portal. He can't stand NIL. And you just have to wonder if that was his swan song the other night. It very well could have been. No chance. That dude's a lifer. That guy's ego's way too big. He's not going out on a losing note. There is no way. Nope. Is he going to go out on a winning note? He might. I don't think... I don't think there's any he level two of games satisfaction. away from it, Kerry. Yeah, that I know, wasn't but even I'm his saying, best team. I'm saying, oh, not, I get not what you're saying. Like, if he wins a championship, is he like, all right, I'm done? No, hell no, I won. I can keep doing it. Right. Yeah. So what's seventy two years he, old? Yeah, I mean, maybe. He does but nothing, eighty. Nothing drives Nick Saban more than losing, though. Like he, I think he feels the losses. That that gets his competitive fire going. That as opposed to, you know, him winning. Him winning. I could actually see him eventually. Saying, "All right, I'm good. I won again. I'm out." But not after a losing season. Well, losing, quote unquote. Not winning a championship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was what they when he won at LSU. They, there was the the story of he brought in his two top players. Can't remember who it was at the time. There was the quarterback and the wide receiver. Right after they won the championship. I'm yeah. not talking about a day after. I'm talking about literally right after. <laughs> brought him into the whatever makeshift office he had for the national championship. Brought him in. And they the two players were like, oh, okay, he's going to finally give us a little credit whatever. He goes, I need to know whether or not you guys are in for next year. Right now. <laughs> like confetti. Confetti is still falling and Nick Saban's pr- preparing for next year. So I don't think Nick Saban goes out. Uh, well, not how like about the, one of the players immediately declared for the draft like 15 minutes after after the game ended yeah, yeah he's got career he's got aspirations yeah, have a game yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i'm out of here i guess a good film been fun yeah. yep all right jeremy rutherford's gonna join us next we'll talk a little blues hockey here on 101 espn we're right back to the fast lane podcast presented by dobbs tire and auto centers on 101 espn Notes and Nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. The Canucks and the Blues get it on tomorrow night. Pre-game starting at 6 o'clock. Joining us right now via the 101 ESPN Celebrity Line is our Blues insider, uh, Jeremy Rutherford with The Athletic. What's up, JR? Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year to you guys, too. And I'm sure you heard this from other people, but you're throwing me off with uh, Carrie in there full time now with a little dark outside. I'm like, what time of day is it? (laughs) My first day, I was walking around telling people good morning. 
I was so confused. <laughs> we were showing we show him how to get out of the get out of the studio. Right, get out <laughs> the what building. is going on here? Here's like they lock like us in. My uh, nine thirty a.m. hit. Oh, my four thirty. Yeah, yeah. Well, welcome, uh, welcome in. Uh, so, Jr. Obviously, big news with with Colton Pareko going to that second power play. What are your thoughts? Yeah, we'll see what happens. That's the way they worked it today. I'm sure you guys talked about Tory Krupp taking a maintenance day and. You know, he's been out, obviously, on one of the power play units as well as uh, Scott Prinovich. But uh, Tory Krug expected to play tomorrow, and without he and Falk, you know, I think it pushes Colton Preco into that role. And, you know, who knows? Even if uh, Justin – I'm sorry, if uh, Tory Krug does play, maybe we'll see Preco in that role a little bit. JR, um, Matthew Kessel got his first game of the season the other night, uh, which had to have been difficult. Obviously, no practice with the team. He jumps in on the road, ends up playing against Crosby and Malkin for most of the night. What did you? What was your opinion watching him play the other night? Yeah, Riv, I think he handled himself uh, well. You know, it's funny uh, you ask this question because uh, Lou Korak and I, and Lou does a great job. He's he's there every day. And uh, when we saw the Kessel call up, we're thinking, uh, okay, well. You know, didn't think they would need a seventh defenseman to go on a one-game road trip there to Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, and then, okay, well, he's playing. Okay, where do you slot him in? And how about Scandella? Uh, maybe he plays in the second pair. Well, Perinovich and Scandella have been playing pretty well together. You probably don't want to break those guys up. Would Kessel play in that second pair? No, not against Crosby and Malkin. And, and that's what they did. And, and so I think, uh, you know, he's a guy that Drew Bannister is high on. He's had him, obviously, a lot down in Springfield and said he looks like he's going to be a big part of this uh this team moving forward. Um, so, you know, the Blues don't have many young defensive prospects outside of the ones we've seen, and let alone uh, a good right-shot guy. So Kessel stepped in the other night and showed what he could do. JR, earlier we were talking about Robert Thomas and potentially being a Silky Award winner. What, are you seeing from, what have you seen from him uh, this season and, and his maturation from, you know, playing both ends of the, of the ice? Yeah, just everything, Kerry. You know, I really like the, the maturation process the past couple of years with Robert Thomas, and he's learned from one of the best and Ryan O'Reilly. You know, I can go back three, four years. Obviously, you know, he was part of that Stanley Cup team on the third line. Uh, he just stepped into a veteran team, and that's not uh, easy to do. And uh, he came in and, and played his role. And then slowly but surely kind of progressed to where even when Ryan O'Reilly was here, he was that number one guy. And, you know, they're trusting him with those uh, late-in-the-game defensive zone starts, big face-offs, and, uh, and he and – he, slowly progressed and and now you look at these face-off numbers and it's just astounding how far he's come in the past couple years you know i'll say this we're going to hear about the all-stars uh and i don't have any insider information here but at the beginning of the year the first month or so i would have thought hands down it would have been jordan bennington the way he's playing but i think you got to lean towards robert thomas when they announce the blues all-star when that info comes out multiple though Could, could they get multiple yeah, yeah, for sure. That could be a possibility. Um, but I think that if, I should say if, they were going to go with one, you know, Robert Thomas, the season he's had in terms of scoring, and I think uh, what he's done, shutting down the other team's top lines, you know, if you picked one, he'd be my guy. But certainly with the way Bennington played early, he was deserving. What about Colton Pareko? Boy, you're going to give him a, <laughs> a whole team. That's going to be the, the well, Blues out in the I West. would go uh, Pareko ahead of Bennington yeah, personally. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. Yeah, no, I think that's certainly possible. I, I was under the assumption it's just so hard to get two unless you got a real good team. And so, you know, I'm under, I'm under the assumption that it would be one. Uh, but if it would be two, yeah, I think the way that, you know, Bennington uh, has scuffled a little bit here lately, Pareko's kind of had a better season on the whole. Uh, so if you did get a two, you could probably go Pareko. 
JR, when you we're talking about Jordan Bennington, um, you know, we have to talk about the tandem now in, in Bennington and Hofer. And I think that you know, for me personally, this is why Joel Hofer is such an important part to this season is Jordan Bennington will have, you know, some ups and downs and there'll be some fatigue that happens. And the same will happen to Joel Holford. It happened earlier in the season where he had a couple of games where he was kind of off. And But what do you think so far of the tandem of Bennington and Holford? Yeah, I think it's what you expected going into the season. Uh, you know, like I said a minute ago, I think sometimes when Bennington plays well early in the season and then kind of regresses a little bit people forget about you know how well he played early and they say okay well here's the George Bennington that we know from the past couple years you know he's allowed to go through a little bit of a rut too all goalies do um so I think by and large he's been what you expected if not at the start of the season a little bit better Uh, and then Joel Hofer I think we kind of knew what to expect from him he'd showed it in uh, glimpses in his call-ups that he could handle this and and so uh he did have a rough patch himself like you touched on Jamie uh, but as he himself said the other day, he was just a little too uptight, wasn't relaxing. And, you know, good friend Scott Prinovich told him, hey, let's let's chill, let's relax. You know, that's when you're at your best. And then he came out of that uh, really strong. So I think uh, for what they got, I think the tandem's been uh, pretty good this year. JR, the uh, Vancouver Canucks sitting at 24-10 and 10, uh, right now, three overtime losses. What do the Blues need to do tomorrow to get a W? Yeah, it's going to be tough. This is a really good team that has really come together this year under uh, Rick Tockett. I mean, I think people would have said that this team's going to be better, but tops in the league, uh, you know, they're, they they skate fast, they make plays. Uh, you know, I don't know that you can really evaluate the Blues versus Vancouver based on that game up in Vancouver early in the season. That was a tra- tough travel schedule. And then also I think the Blues were due for something like that. Uh, but tomorrow night still, it's, it's going to be tough. They've gotten the goaltending the Canucks have, and uh, this is going to start a stretch that I'm sure you guys have touched on of just some high-caliber opposition the next month. If you look at it, you got Vancouver tops in the Western Conference on Thursday night, and then you have uh, the top four teams in the Eastern Conference when you talk about this upcoming schedule with Carolina, the Rangers, uh, Boston, so on and so forth. It's going to be a tough schedule. So we're going to find out what the Blues have here in, in January, and that should dictate some decisions that Doug Armstrong makes as we get closer to the trade deadline. JR, great stuff, man. Looking forward to uh, talking with you over the next couple of weeks. So like you mentioned, with, with this new schedule coming up here, the, the stretch of games, and I'll certainly dive more into a lot of the, uh, the ins and outs heading into the tra- trade deadline, too. So appreciate you as always. Yep, sounds good, boys. Thanks a lot. Talk to See ya. That's Jeremy Rutherford at JP Rutherford Online. If you want to give him a follow, of course, you're probably already doing so. You better. the man. Absolutely. Uh, I want to throw something at you guys with this upcoming baseball season in wake of what we've seen this off season. I wonder if you guys are on the same. With the way you're talking deadline. today, I'm a little worried about what the hell you're going to throw at us. <laughs> like it might be something mean? physical too, Kerry. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? You know what it means. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. So as I saw Yamamoto sign with the Dodgers, which was it was a layup, you know, over the winter break. 
Oh, come on. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Literally everybody. <laughs> everybody saw it. I I had this thought, and I was wondering if you guys had the same same thought as I did. Maybe you didn't go quite to the lengths that, uh, that I did, and who Probably does? Not. No. <laughs> as we've seen today. Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Don't associate us with you for, until we know for sure what tale you're talking about. That's yeah. fair. Throat That's fair. puncher stalter. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Punch him in the neck. Honestly, that was... That was pretty light compared to what I was going to do to David Tepper. Oh, yeah. Mm. He's going to off him. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Anyways. Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so after I saw the Yamamoto sign with the Dodgers, I thought, wow, I am so not interested in this baseball season. I, got, I, am, I am, but I'm not. But like, this is setting up yeah. to be. You're not interested but, in watching the Dodgers play? <laughs> win 155 games? <laughs> is that all? Is that they all? lose a few, right? A, t- a couple of tough games. A couple of off days for Shohei and go. Freddie Freeman yeah. and Mookie, Mookie Betts. Betts and, yeah. You get a couple of days off here and there. Look, say, I, I've heard this argument before, and Karen, probably, I, I'm sure you've heard the same thing about the NFL. It's so watered down. It's so watered down. You know what? Half the league is still in it, which means that half the fan bases are still in yeah. it. They're still paying attention. Marsh is looking at playoff scenarios for his Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> like they're 20, not good. Twenty teams got to lose for them to get in, but, but, but he knows they're, they're still, Marsh, they're still go. alive. Go. What are the scenarios? We need the Falcons to win. It's not happening. We need the Packers <laughs> to lose to the Bears. We need the Buccaneers to lose to the Panthers. All and three I of those think things. we need another thing to happen to. <laughs> oh, I forgot. They need to win. They oh, there you go. There's a good no, we one. don't need that. We but, need the Vikings to oh, win be and the quiet. Falcons to lose. Well, Jamie needs Or the that. Falcons to win <laughs> and, and the, the Vikings, Vikings to lose. lose. Yeah. But you know your scenarios, don't you? You're still in. You know your team isn't any good, but you're going to be watching on Sunday. <laughs> that's that's the thing. But that's serious seriously. Seriously, though. It really was. This baseball, it, oh, okay, we've got uh, everybody on the Dodgers, the Braves, and the Phillies. Boy, this is exciting. This is real exciting. Well, I, so I'm of the mindset. Three elite teams. I, I, I agree. It's like, like, there's a lot of money being spent. But the, the New York Mets, well, no, no, not here. The New York Mets spent a lot of money. Is Oh, shocking. <laughs> what, they're, they're, they're like 10th or so on the payroll. Cool. The New York Mets spent a lot of money last year, and how'd that go for them? They didn't go great, nope. so it's not a guarantee. This is on, an, this is on another it, level. No, this is this is. First uh, of all, the Dodgers uh, absurd. Right? Carry. This is absurd. Carry. The this Dodgers are already good. The Mets were trying to be good, but they're still realized with the Mets. <laughs> well, like this is the Dodgers. They still have to play, right? And, and and they still have to play the game. Sure. And then there's still, you know, Clayton Kershaw is he's not signed yet, but I'm sure he's going back to the Dodgers. He has to play in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know how that goes. So anything. Maybe the fourth guy. Man, I'm not you get a win. <laughs> They're going to be in the playoffs. Now. I'm not even talking about the Dodgers being good, Kerry. I'm talking about most. I'm talking about three-fourths of the league. Not having an opportunity. This is this well, isn't well, good. My, this that, is the death of baseball. No, right that's here. what I'm that's saying. That's rich coming from yeah. a Giants fan. No wonder you're so beat up about this. They're in the same division. I don't. I don't care about that. I'm talking about most of the franchises and the fan bases not even having. You wouldn't care by May. For you You're think the Marlins? Fan. You think the Marlins picture, are going to care? There's a picture on on the internet of you in in McCubby Cove. Yes, of course. There on is. your little raft. I'm <laughs> 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 yeah. super in puddles, Marsh, and you know that. <laughs> My name is Photoshop. SpongeBob raft. <laughs> I don't think it's as bad as you you make it make it seem. I think that there are st- you still got to play the game. Now I said this time and time again. It's not about the X's and O's. It's the Jimmys and Joes. Mm-hmm. And the Dodgers have a lot of those Jimmys and Joes. They got a lot of guys. 
that are really good at their job. They're professionals and for a reason. They're all-stars and future Hall of Famers. But they still have to play the game, and you still have an opportunity. No one expected the, expected the Diamondbacks to be in the World Series, correct? Correct. They were there. True. They didn't win, but they were there. So you still have to play the game. We saw all of the teams last season in the playoffs, the really good teams, some of them didn't make it. They didn't have a great playoff season, a great postseason, so much to the point where, oh, it's not fair that they had time off and all these other teams got to play right away. It's opportunities when they present themselves, how well do you do? And there are going to be a lot of teams that have an opportunity to knock off, probably on paper, one of the greatest teams that we've seen in a long time. Kerry, you're right. You're absolutely right. The Dodgers were going to have to beat the Braves and the Phillies. There you and go. That's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting to watch. <laughs> be fun. But I, Anthony, I understand your question overall. Is you know is is it so tilted that yeah you'll watch your team, you watch a game, but you already know the outcome of who will be there come postseason mm-hmm. time. It's like you're you're completely loaded. I'm I'm more making the comparison to the other sports, NHL parody, yeah, uh, football, you know, parody. Oh, but you know what they have that baseball doesn't, right? Cap, they, right. absolutely. That, that's why this is exactly. <laughs> it's getting to me that, that that's getting to that point. Like this is just unfair. Is anybody, you? And I don't I don't want to play the unfair game because that I like even hearing that or saying that makes my blood curdle. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying interest. Your baseball. It, well, doesn't baseball have a problem keeping people engaged to begin with? Exactly. Well, they, they keep they changing. They cha- yeah. They're changing it's things to try. Sport. Right to try to get people more engaged. What's going to be more engaging than watching Shohei Otani and 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 Yamamoto when the Dodgers play your team? You think that people aren't going to show up for those games or watch them on TV? They will in April and May. We'll and see. No, we'll see no, in the second half. I think they'll still show up. Even I mean, when Shohei came here, we weren't. We weren't. Thriving. You can't use St. Louis, yeah. which they, I mean, we go through the gates no matter what. No, 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 no. Oh, they stop. stopped going we'll through the gates in in in, mm. in July and August. Unless it's a superstar or a former Cardinal, well, so they can give I'm them saying. the standing up. They're going to oh, show yeah, up for right. those guys. Regardless. Matt Adams comes to town. Hey, you got to give him the old standing hey, up. Oh, yeah. Matt Adams is When Chris Stratton comes back into town, everybody, hey, I don't know. Maybe I'm in the minority here, yeah, but let's like, just not this even is... play the games. Then. So oh, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> God, that's not what I'm saying. Marsh, you're with me. This season's gonna be boring as hell. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so just yeah. Yeah. I'm watching the Cardinals. Cardinals. Just give them the trophy now. I'm not. I'm, you're, you're making this a Dodgers <laughs> thing. You're making this a Dodgers <laughs> thing. Because... I'm making it as a fan thing. Are you? Unless you're a fan in Atlanta, Philly, or or the Dodgers. I'm telling you right now, your ass is going to be checked out in the second half. If you are a Cincinnati Reds fan, were you going to be checked in at any point anyways? That's a good, that's a proud fan base, despite what the owner says. Nobody shows up to Cruz is worth it. He is. No, he is. But now they've got a decent team. And Pittsburgh. They got what's that? Frankie Montas now. Yeah. Well, did they sign him? Yeah. Good for them. I'm surprised the Dodgers didn't sign him. Pittsburgh Pirates, they're not... They've already Russia been eliminated. The hey, they yeah. were in first place at one point last year. How about stampeding right. the Roberto Clemente Look. Bridge to get over to, to PNC Park? I was first just ball. there. Boy, let's that get that park out. is beautiful. It's beautiful. It Carrie, is beautiful. let's get out of the damn Central. You're, you're bringing up Central teams. Okay, where, where do you want to go? Even the What's Red Sox. Uh, what I'm saying is baseball's got a huge problem. And it's it while it continues to think about how, how big the bases are and shifts and all that stuff, they're not actually concentrating on the real issue. And that's a, Well, they'll, there will never be a salary cap. 
in Major League Baseball. No chance. There will You're never absolutely be right. though the, the their union is, is greater than I think all unions combined. I can only speak for NFL. I don't know how great the NHL union well, is. Well, Major okay, League we Baseball. We have a salary cap, and we missed the whole damn season there for the salary go. cap. It, great and the owners keep looking for a way around their own salary <laughs> cap. Not so much to disrespect the players' association. <laughs> it's probably Sorry. Major League Baseball, <laughs> NBA. NHL and then NFL mm-hmm. in terms of unions for, for how players are. They're not ever going to have a salary cap. So I we're agree. always going to be where those that have the most can spend the most. This so, year seems different, though. Because they spent a billion dollars. Didn't yeah. they? Yeah, they and two players. <laughs> two guys. Not the whole team, Gary. Not the whole team. <laughs> two players. All right, maybe I'm wrong on this. You know what, though? Yeah, probably. I won't be in June, yeah. though. No, we're we're gonna not. we're gonna get somebody at the deadline. <laughs> we'll get someone at the deadline. Yeah, you're gonna get Rich Hill at the oh deadline. Gosh, oh my gosh, you beat me to it. <laughs> you're gonna get Rich Hill. How old, how old is Rich now? 40, 44, 57. We, it, it doesn't matter. He's gonna be a car. Yeah, all right. Looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Sports six back is next. The Air Comfort Service tax line is three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. Again, three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. We'll do our sports six back next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I have a question. It's time for the Fast Lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The Sports Six Pack is now. 501. Check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis. What's up, CD? Rich Hill is 44. I just wanted to get that out there. Oh, okay. All he's, right. He's, he's available, though. And he's going to be? Uh, St. Louis Cardinals. That's correct. All there right. we go. Yep. Let's go. All right. Here's Marsh with your questions <laughs> for the sports, sports six-pack. Question number one. From the 314, hey, guys, does this year's Mizzou team beat the Chase Daniel-led 2007 Mizzou team? Wow. Um... I had to look at that roster. Who, who, if you, I was not uh, into Mizzou football at that time. I was actually. That was the 2007 Missouri team. Who was all on that team? I know, obviously, Chase. Chase Daniel. Uh, Let's see. Uh, You had Jeremy Macklin. Okay. I believe was. Who's the running back? Yeah, Jeremy Macklin was a, well, he's a freshman on that team. Uh, Let's see here. Let's see what. what Henry Josie wasn't the running back at the time. Willie Moe was was on that team. Mm Tony, Tony Temple. Temple. Tony, Tony Temple. Tony Temple. Temple. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Eh. I'm gonna. I, I, I'm probably. Vander Hood was on that D line. Recency bias is. Uh, Spoon was was a linebacker. Hood was a uh, was a first round draft pick, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he went to Pittsburgh. He was my teammate. Pretty sure. I think that. Yeah, Ziggy Hood did. Ziggy. No, it's not the same person. Okay. Well, no, I, I would say that based on what this team has done. And I would assume, assume in a much tougher conference in the SEC uh, that, yeah, they, they they had a really good season this year. I think this defense for the 2007 – no, and this is no disrespect to the current defense. The defense played played well. But, Willie I mean, Moore, Will, William Moore. When you got when you got Spoon, Willie Moe, Ziggy Hood, I mean, that's a pretty stacked defense. Uh, Darnell Terrell, didn't he – Terrell, didn't he play in the league? Maybe not. Uh, yeah, he did. I think so. Played with the Browns for a season. Anyways, I, I think the, the the defense for this this 07 team was better. Have you but seen that offense of Mizzou displayed, especially in the first half of Ohio State game? Oh, stop. <laughs> we get your points. 
Denaro Alexander's on that like team too. Shot. They played a really good game. They had a good season. Oh, so that nobody's back off on me, people. Nobody's buying what you're selling anymore. I think on they this. did really good. William Franklin well, was Frank, a registered. Oh, Frank, yeah, it's hey, a really good team. I'm gonna go with Mizzou. Which one? Either one. <laughs> Chase Kaufman was on that yeah, team. Yeah, there you go. Question number two. From the 636, if one of your teammates were asked what you were like in the locker room, what would they say? Pretty um, sure it was directed at you, Kerry. Eh, I was pretty chill, laid back. You know, I don't think I was extremely serious. Um, I did threaten to beat the hell out of a guy. At his locker one time. What was his name? Uh, he was uh, running back. Were, were and, you uh, going to punch him in the neck? It was Kevin Barlow. Really? Oh, yeah, it was bad. But we ended up being good friends after that. Had some understanding. No, I, I think my teammates would say. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> was it uh, on the field so or off the field? What happened was the, the, Kevin is a great guy, right? They brought in Kevin. I was still playing running back at the time. And, mm-hmm. and Willie Parker was our starter. Najee uh, Davenport and myself were vying, fighting for the number two spot. They brought in Kevin Barlow. And he just kind of jumped over Najee and myself. And I was like, yeah, that's not okay. So I had a conversation with the coach. Uh, we talked about it. And so after that practice, he was after Najee and myself. And he was in the, he was like the third slash fourth running back. He didn't take too kindly to that and said something. And then I said something. And then we said something. And then I said, okay, let's handle it like men. Mm-hmm. And we got an understanding. We didn't fight. But it was an understanding. Gotcha. So I think my teammates would probably say, you know, it's intense. But, you know, I have fun. We all going to have fun. Yeah. yeah. Lay back, chilling. Just leave me the hell alone. What about you, Anthony? <laughs> what were you like what in the dugout? Teammate were you? I think I was a very supportive teammate. You know, I was an athletic supporter. Some would say. <laughs> no, I can't compare. I can't compare. When you when they start talking about playing in the NFL or when Jamie gets back in the NHL, I want to know about your new I case. I can't. I can't sit here and, and 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 with a with a serious face and tell you what I, what I was like as a teammate. When I was in high school and for one camp in college when they told me I was a second baseman and I looked at them and I said, I'm a shortstop. And they're like, no, that arm. <laughs> I think a lot of people would like to know what kind of teammate you are for the men's league softball. Uh, are you are you the rah rah guy? Are you, are you no. directing people? Are you, the guy, are you bringing are you drinks? You bringing the cooler? Are you the guy when we're when you're down, you're still pumping guys up? Are you like, hey, guys, this sucks. This stinks. No, 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 no. Yeah, you, no, I I lift them up. Well, I'm, I'm, I probably am not. No, nah. You got poop in your drawers? Well, I, I will. We, we were, <laughs> we, my senior year in college, we went one and eleven. We were t- pretty that's, terrible. That's tough. And so we were playing Michigan. Mm-hmm. This is probably the probably the sixth, seventh game of the year, sixth game, because after that we were no longer bowl eligible. And one of my teammates was like, "Hey, CD, you go." I was a captain. Hey, CD, you go talk to the guys. I had my headphones on. He kind of came over my shoulder, looked back. I said, man, y'all let me down every time. <laughs> You're a captain, huh? <laughs> I was over it. I was sick of it. I was tired of losing. This is before the game. I said, man, damn. y'all say something for what? Y'all let me down every damn time. <laughs> Did you guys win that day? Hell no. <laughs> man, no. We won the first game of the year and didn't win. No, second game of the year. We lost to Mizzou that year. Who'd you Here. play in the second game? Like Eastern Illinois Michigan? Illinois State, man. Oh, okay, there we go. Yeah, it's a bad season. All right, so four, you played four years at Illinois? Uh, well, yeah, four, five if you count the red shirt. So okay. the red shirt played. Did was you ever, for five years? Did you ever beat Michigan? 
Yeah, we beat them uh, my freshman year, and then that was the only loss we had in 2001 when we won the Big That was the Rose Bowl year? Sugar Bowl. Oh, Sugar Bowl year. Rose Bowl was at the... um, well, that was the national championship game. There. Okay, got yeah. it. All right. So you guys beat Michigan. You guys beat Ohio State. Yeah, we beat. We went two. I went two and two against Ohio State. No kidding. Yeah. Who's yeah. the team? Who's the team that gave you trouble in, in those four or five years? Uh, I mean, like Michigan. consistently. Michigan. We. Michigan. Beat, but we we were we were in every game. I think at Michigan. Um, we we had some good years, man. We we just you know, stunk that last year. It was bad. Lawrence Maroney and I just saw Lawrence a couple weeks ago. He and 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 Marion Barber. Oh my god. Oh yeah. And then they didn't run the ball the whole second half. Neither did Northwestern. And they were Northwestern was down at halftime. They didn't run the ball. They didn't they didn't pass the ball the whole second half. They were losing at halftime to us. Northwestern was. Wow. And ran the ball every play. Every play, Anthony. Wow. The second half, and they won. Oh, boy. You got to run the ball. <laughs> got to run the ball. Marsh and I have been talking about that for a, a while now. Run the football. Yeah. yeah. Lawrence Maroney and Marion Barber, Minnesota. Okay. Good stuff. Go ahead, Marsh. Question number three. From the 618, when Major League Baseball goes to 32 teams, what three other teams would you like to see in the division, regardless of American League or National League? What would the division be called? Old NHL style. Say that again. Run that back for so me. So, like, the whole question or the second half? Uh, whole question. Okay. So, when Major League Baseball goes to 32 teams, mm-hmm. what three other teams would you like to see in the division, regardless of American League or National League? What would the division be called? And it, this texture references the old NHL divisions where they were called different names. Like the Norris. The and- Norris, the Campbell, all that stuff. Um, I want Houston back. What about KC? Okay. What about KC and the White Sox? Okay. You get both Chicago get, teams and and Houston. Can we get Houston? You said three just, teams, just right? Just for just for nostalgia yeah, purposes. I'm good. Yeah. They they're very competitive. <laughs> yeah, they're too yeah, good. They can't play good. in the Central. Kerry, what I'm thinking is <laughs> we want Kansas City. Want? If you want, sucks. If if the if the current who suck. Yeah, if the current Cardinals are gonna you know the front off if we're gonna operate this way we have to continue to take advantage of bad 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 divisions. <sighs> so give me the White Sox. Give me the Royals and give me the uh, Tigers. Well, what about uh, a new team, too? If they expand, yeah, we'll, we'll expansion take a new team. team. Yeah, we'll take, we'll take so yeah. Kansas City, White Sox, the White Sox, and, and Nashville. The expansion team. Okay. Yeah. The Nashville. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't like how this is blood. going. Nuts. <laughs> hey, we Old just got to win the division. I don't like how this is going. Well, Carrie, this is the plan. Listen, this is what we deal with. If you're not, I don't think it's a great plan. If you're not going to actually compete in the offseason. I don't think it's a great plan. I think it's I think it's good for this team. Get the get the Astros back. As competitive as they are. That's great. We'll never <laughs> see the Cardinals win again. Thanks, Gary. You don't like it play better. <laughs> My theory. Yeah, it typically works. And then you get last year. <laughs> you stink. Yeah. Uh so yeah, Marsh, answer your question. Give me the uh the White Sox, give me okay. the Royals, and give me the Nashville. Nuts. Lug nuts. The Nashville lug nuts. Yeah, and call it uh, worst division in ever, Bob. Oh, man. Well, if Nashville had a team other than the lug nuts, what would you call them? Like, if you had to be the, realistic, you're yeah, starting the, the team. Yeah, the Nashville live music. Um, the Nashville live yeah. music. Mm-hmm. The, nah. the Nashville lives. What about, like, the Nashville six strings? It has to have something strings. with, with music. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's actually too it's minor, Leaguey. It has to be something uh, with music, right? I would think so. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, we see Brooke would be would be would would have a great ass. She's from Nashville. Yeah. Although She's the Titans Nashville. and the Predators have nothing to do no. with music. Nope. This is true. Hey, there you go. Mm. There used to be Titans that used to roam the earth. Mm-hmm. They lived in Nashville. That's why. Yeah, that's, that's where that comes did from. They actually? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the Titans. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Titans, remember the Titans. The Titans. Were, yes. Well, the Those, Titans well, yeah, were before the uh, the <laughs> Greek gods. Yeah. It's who the gods looked it's just after. Why they have Derrick Henry mm-hmm. on the roster? Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the Nashville. It actually makes sense. That, the Titans. That does make sense. Yeah. It took. They are- uh, Ties together, mm-hmm. right. and yeah. the Kraken too. The, I think the Kraken were in that. Well, in the that Kraken lived, lived in the Pacific. In, exactly. The, uh, in the Pacific, Pacific Ocean. North. Yeah, yep. the Pacific they were North. That's where it mm-hmm. came from. Yep. Right across. Okay. The water. And uh, the Mariners were fishermen. <laughs> yeah. They used to have they, to worry about the Kraken. Yeah, that's so, true. And the Seahawk <laughs> used to yeah, look, used to look up. Yeah, look. give the Mariner an update that it was For coming. Yes, exactly. They look up. The Mariner would look up, and they'd see that Seahawk and go. Oh, crap. This Kraken is about two to four <laughs> yeah. miles off the, the coast here. What did the Supersonic ever do? Well, they didn't. That's that, why they don't <laughs> exist. <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't belong. The Nashville Notes. That's a good one. That is good. Yeah. I think we covered a lot of ground there. I think so. Marsh, you want to throw another uh, question out? Yeah, why not? I feel like we're, we're doing question good Question number four. Nashville lug nuts. How about it? Uh, from the 618, if you're the Chicago Bears head coach, Matt Eberflus, with your job on the line, do you really want to start over with an unproven quarterback, or do you keep the guy you've been able to win seven games with, eight, after you take out the Packers? Let's go. And take, <laughs> and take Marvin Harrison Jr. to give him a third weapon and use your other pick slash picks to help your offensive line. Uh, let's get into this next, okay, Please, Gary? Because, me, I, because you would take J- Justin Fields today in Atlanta. That's, that's a low bar. <laughs> and you not, know it. It's another team. It's a low bar. It's an NFL team. Yeah, with two guys at... <laughs> I don't want to disrespect a former <laughs> cacaw. All right. Yeah. Taylor Heineke's doing the best he can. There you go. Desmond Ritter, I didn't even know if he's doing the best he can. <laughs> I I wonder if he's throwing games, you know? <laughs> that he went in the last week, he immediately <laughs> threw an interception. <laughs> I don't want to be out he here knows. anyway. I threw it literally to a bear. As if the bear was a part of the route. They just forgot what color jersey they were wearing. All right, let's get into this next. I was going to go on a little mini rant there about uh, taking the wide receiver first, but we'll save it. All right, Justin Fields. You keep him if you're the Bears. Kerry says yes. I say no. That's next. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast lane on 101 ESPN. So we got we got the question in the sports six pack about if you're Matt Eberflus, what do you want? Do you want to start over a quarterback? Or you want Justin Fields? Wait, Let's just start with Matt. Do Eberflus. you have the head coach job? Still? Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> a very <laughs> to keep that's it. A, that's the most important question. Yeah. Are you still the head coach? You may yeah. not be the head coach <laughs> after the national championship. Yeah, but just not. saying, quite possibly. Uh-huh. Look, if you're Matt Eberflus, you want you probably want to stick with Justin Fields. You don't want to start over with. But if if you're the Bears and you have the number one overall pick, which they do, 
Uh, somebody said, well, why don't you just give I've, – I've been hearing this argument. Why don't you just give Justin Fields Marvin Harrison Jr.? As if Marvin Harrison Jr., who's a tremendous talent – he was the Ohio State offense this year. Kerry says otherwise, but he was the offense this year for Ohio State. He matters. Great, great point. But to add just another wide receiver to the mix is not going to solve things. You know when the Bears got better? When they started playing better defensively. This notion that adding a wide receiver to any young quarterback is if that's going to fix everything, I think is part of the fundamental problem with, with roster building in the NFL. It's like, hey, the guy's protecting you. Uh, you're looking out your ear hole constantly, but you know what? We got you a bunch of wide receivers who are now pissed off because you're not getting them the ball. <laughs> build an O-line, build a defense if you really want to support the quarterback. I agree, and, and that's the reason why I don't feel like you move on from Justin Fields. I think it's you, you're playing a game that is unfortunate and, and not going to work out in the right direction. If you're Matt Eberflus, you've been there, what is this, his third year now, fourth year? I think it's his third. So – Starting over, you're not going to even get to see the best version of the quarterback that you start over with because you're not going to be good. There are too many holes on that roster that they need to fill. You have the first overall pick. You're going to end up with a probably top 10 pick because of your draft pick. You got Carolina's pick. You can move back in the draft and add more value and still maybe get uh, 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 Marvin Harrison Jr. if you move back, depending on how the, the chips may fall. I just don't think that starting completely over for this team makes the most sense because there are so – if you get rid of Justin Fields and draft a quarterback number one overall, you're still going to have deficiencies in so many other positions. Who is he going to throw the ball to? Who's going to be blocking for him? Who's going to run the ball for him? What is the defense going to look like? It's going to be the same issues. Justin Fields is going to not cost you a lot of money. He got one more year, I believe, on his contract. Then he'll be his fifth year, and then you can re-sign him to something – that is much cheaper than what Daniel Jones got or some of these other quarterbacks have gotten. It makes no sense for me to start over with a young man that is – he has a lot of talent. Is he Just cheaper than Michael Penix Jr.? No. Um, well, no. 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 But he's but you can get more. You can get more if you keep him. <laughs> can you, though? You can. If you move back in the draft, you will have whatever you want. So, Kerry, let me ask you this. And I know that we started this conversation yesterday, pretty mm-hmm. much. It's been a carryover, but I, th- mm-hmm. I found it interesting, nonetheless, to continue this discussion. Is So you move back in the draft. Yes. Okay. You get a couple of pieces that maybe you wouldn't have or an extra piece that's significant. And then you fast forward a year down the road. And Justin Fields isn't your guy. But your team has been just good enough now to get away from a high pick. So now you've gone to like... Six, seven wins in a season. You still suck. You don't have the quarterback that you need. But now what? You go back and find him in the draft. Because if he. But you just pissed away your highest picks now. No. Well, yeah. But at the same time, your team is much better. You are in a much better place to win. Without a quarterback, though. You know how many teams have everything but not a quarterback? It's a lot of them. So how important would you say, percentage wise, is a quarterback to the success of an overall team? Like, I know I don't it's not think everything. It's, you have to I have all these other pieces. I get it. But the quarterback, if you have receivers and you have running backs. Part of me wants to but say you've got half. no quarterback. 50%. Okay. That, like, it's that important. Okay, so that goes right back but, to my but original But that means comment. the other the, – it, you can have an elite quarterback and not have anything. The, 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 the New York Jets are probably a perfect example. They have a lot 
other than the quarterback. But they don't have the quarterback. They don't have the quarterback. But You're they also, my they also, not, I, no, not yet. You, you <laughs> ruined my point earlier with Zach Wilson. Damn you, still. Yeah, that's a tough one. Carry on with you stuff, fine. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, Zach Wilson was taken high. There is no guarantee. He was taken high Uh in the draft. You could take Michael Penix Jr. He might not be what you need him to be. You could take Caleb Williams. He might not be what you need to be. Even if you have a great roster around him, if you have a trash roster around him, it's still going to be bad. Mm -hmm. So for me, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to go out and have to spend Get rid of a guy that I think is going to be, at some point, this is his third year. Still got two more years. You got his fourth year and then his fifth year option, which you will pick up if he does well. And then you, you, you give yourself two more years to figure this out. In that time, there will be another quarterback that will be the elite quarterback. And your team is better. Now, Iberflus might not be there to see it. Well, but that's on him problem, not a not a Bears problem. But your team will be out of the running on that next quarterback because you'll be just good enough to not put yourself in a great draft position. And now, the second part of this They're is, in that position right now, though, with their own record. I, I agree. But at least they have somebody else's pick at yeah. the top of the food chain That's right now. the key. They won't have that two years from now. Mm-hmm. So where I go with it, though, Kerry, is there's no guarantee in the player that you draft. Right. There's no. no guarantee in the quarterback, but there's no guarantee in whatever else you're going to pick up in that draft because you're trading down to get more. There's no guarantee. Now, you're increasing your odds yeah. because you're getting more players, but there's still no guarantee. Correct. So I just go back to this situation in particular, not every year. I'm talking about this situation in particular for the Bears is unique to the fact that they have a high pick because of somebody else, and they have their own pick that's it's still a relatively high pick. This is the year for me where you say, you know what, we're going to right the ship and move on. Mm-hmm. And I, just because the if, the if, the if is the problem I have with Justin Fields. And I know you get that with a young player too, but you're kind of starting the clock back over without having to pay them a whole ton of money. Good money, don't get me wrong. And so if we really believe Justin Fields is like a fine wine and he's going to just keep getting better year after year after year, or is he really just a bad wine that's going to year after year after year, now it's just going to spoil and you can't even drink it? I think he's going to continue to get better. I mean, he's played in 12 games. He's got 2,400 yards passing, 630 yards rushing. He's going to have over 1,000 yards rushing if he plays yeah, an entire season. he's not a season. running back. He's not a running back. And he, but he injury is, is greater. But, you know this. They said the same thing about Lamar Jackson. He's on his way to an MVP caliber season. He's on his way Justin Fields is winning. not Lamar Jackson. He is not. He never will be. I don't think. Never, I, never. I, I will bet my paycheck <laughs> on it. Will he be a two-time MVP? Probably no not. No chance. Will he, be a, will he be a Pro Bowl quarterback? Well, anybody can make a Pro Bowl. Uh, no, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the real Pro Bowl before uh, everybody gets injured. football game now. Before everybody like, gets injured. The, when they actually <laughs> pick the players... Not after 14 guys opt out. Don't don't electrocute yourself, sir. It'll happen again. Or go ahead. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Carry him with you now. Screw this guy. There you go. He doesn't mean it. I, I, want, <laughs> I want Justin Fields to get an opportunity under a, in a good system, under a coach that knows what the hell is going on. If it's Eberflus, maybe you run it back one more time and give him a chance. If you go in a different direction, I just don't think – I think the Bears have so many, so many needs – that going out and drafting a quarterback first overall puts you in the same position three years from now. They'll be looking for another quarterback because they never fixed anything else around them. And I worry that you're in the same position by keeping Justin Fields. Three years from now, you're no further ahead. Uh, That's your my team worry. will be better. 
I think I think the fact that we're still having this conversation is all is all we need to know. I mean, if if the Bears had Justin Herbert or they had yeah. uh, Patrick Mahomes, like there's no conversation here. But we they, continue they to have this guys, conversation. They, they, cer- they uh, certainly could have. They hey, took who did they take? Mitchie football. Mitchie football. Yeah. <laughs> Backup third string. He's third string quarterback in Pittsburgh. Well, now they wanted they wanted yeah. him to be third the starter. Third string Pittsburgh quarterback. He, Fields oh, the team has an injured starter. Oh, this team made it to the Super Bowl with Rex Grossman. Because they the, had a lot of, of people around. And exactly. a Hall of Fame That's kick the returner point, and a defense. That's the point. Great this defense. team, they need, they need to improve in other areas. Well, they do, but if they don't get the quarterback, if, if the quarterback position isn't right, to Jamie's point, it's not going to matter. It's but just if not. everything else isn't right, I, I, I mean, to me, You have when to I, have a quarterback. You, you think know Rex that. Grossman's better than Justin Fields? Or was? No. But are you going to get? Are you going to get the the one of the best defenses? I mean, March that that defense for the Bears the year that they went was, was, was one of the was one of the best. I mean, Michael that, Brown. That's what I'm saying. The teams couldn't get to midfield deficiencies. Other than Justin Fields, March though it, a year ago with the Cardinals. It didn't matter who else so, I had. No, I didn't have pitching. Why, this I didn't is have why. Pitching. You know, I, didn't have why, a you know, I hope if, they suck next year. I don't have a <laughs> this is why I, I don't agree because the Cleveland Browns. You all have told me that they could potentially make a run to the playoffs. Is 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 Hold Joe on. Flat? I on. said they can win in Jacksonville, you which is not we a had, stretch. We've had plenty of people text in saying the Browns are the AFC champions and going to the Super Bowl. Well, I'm not drinking yet, <laughs> so I'm not saying that. I'm just saying this is you have water. A, okay, n- until six oh one. The six twenty. Okay, <laughs> a stellar County, defense. But. And guys around you, mm-hmm. I'm not saying you could play anybody at the position, but it is so rare to find a C.J. Stroud in the draft. It is more likely you get an Anthony Richardson who looks really good, but maybe he gets hurt. It's more likely you get a Bryce Young who goes first overall, and he looks like this is the worst football he's ever been a part of mm-hmm. in his entire life. To find a C.J. Stroud is rare, and that's the reason why I'm saying if you're going to draft a quarterback – it is hard. The, the Bears took Mitchell Trubisky over yeah. other people. Oof. It's hard to hit. Someone in that office said, this is the this is our guy. This mm. is who we want. He is going to be the future. No, he's not. He's not. He's not even going to be on the team in a few years. He's going to be somewhere else. When you watch him, do you see somebody? When I watch passing, Justin Fields? Yes, from a passing standpoint, Gary, do you see somebody that is going to be a franchise quarterback? When I watch Justin Fields, I put that on. I need to see what I saw in the preseason from Justin Fields. I loved. You know mm-hmm. why? Because they got the ball out of his hand really quickly. Preseason they, uh, in the preseason. That's because that's what he threw sideways. He threw it. It doesn't matter. He I threw can it get, to, get it to my guys. I can give Mitchie football to throw sideways. No, you can't. Well, he did. He just threw sideways out of bounds. There you go. Kind of throw the ball to the left side of the field. Yeah, be a little bit more accurate. I can get Desmond Ritter to throw Gardner sideways. Gardner Minshew, yeah, but there's usually the a player. The there's usually a player right there. I, I just wait, this is just just my opinion here. Justin Fields. I, I'm looking forward to seeing it. I, uh, I want to see what they decide to do because uh, yeah, they got a big I, decision I, here. They do, and I think you give them another another chance. If he if if Justin Fields was in Atlanta right now, you Atlanta would be a playoff team. 
No if questions Flacco, asked. If Joe Flacco was in Atlanta, they'd be a playoff. <laughs> team. That's true. That's a true statement. Unfortunately, can he handle the ball? If Mason off to Rudolph Robinson? was in Atlanta, they'd be <laughs> no, a playoff no, team. No, no, no. That's how bad the quarterback position is right uh, now in Atlanta. When I watch Justin Fields, we can talk about the Atlanta game, two, 268 yards. But you go back, I mean, against Arizona, bad defense, 55.6% completion. He's through for 170 yards. 166 against Cleveland, a 47.5 completion Cleveland percentage. Cleveland is a good team. 57% completion against Detroit. I, I saw Dan Orlovsky's tweet. Jamie, you had shared it. Bears top 10 in defense and top 10 in offense So since he got back. Okay. The yeah. completion percentage is way down for this kid. He can't. Re- I don't think he can read a defense. And the defense, the, the key there is the defense got better. The defense got better in the second half, so the Bears got better in the second half. You want to play better? 73% completion percentage against the Minnesota Vikings, Marshy. Come on now. That was a great game. You know what? That was probably the worst game I've ever watched. Threw, and then I watched the Vikings play the, the Raiders. And then that became the worst game I've ever he watched. He threw for 5.9 yards per attempt. Okay. 5.9. Get the ball out your hand quickly, man. What are you missing? Did I just say that? Jeez, Gary, you're lowering your standards. Get the ball out quickly. Get it to your guys. 5.9. Right you're lowering your standards. Jamie under center, you throw 5.9. Throw it. Get it out. <laughs> Left-handed. Get it out your hand. Oh, Get it boy. to your guys. All right. <laughs> Biggest question of the day next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's Biggest Question of the Day. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Anthony Salter, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Marsh, biggest question of the day, what do you got? Yeah, we teased this earlier in the show about which player could be a lock for the All-Star game as it pertains to the Blues. So I'm going to throw it out right now, guys. Which player is a lock for the All-Star game? Is it Robert Thomas? Is it Colton Pareko? I know we mentioned Jordan Bennington. If you had to pick one player, which one would it be? The, the lock, I think, is the guy that we've been talking about. I think it's Robert Thomas. Really? I think he's I think he's the lock. Yeah. He's the uh, he, he's the easy pick. Yes. Oh, so Colin Pareko. Beyond that. Yeah, right now he is. Okay. Because you look at a, a lot of people league-wide, voters and things like that, the people watch the games, they don't necessarily know what they're looking at, mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily watch every single game. Mm-hmm. But what they do is they watch the – you know the, the the scoreboard, and the guy who's getting the points, yeah. and the guy who's playing the minutes up front, good faceoff percentage, all that stuff. To to be a guy like Colton Pareko, <clears throat> and this is what we got into the little sideways earlier on the Norris Trophy, which is the best defenseman. Mm-hmm. Well, why do you think the player that scores a hundred points, but he's minus like thirty, and he's a defensive detriment to his team? How does he win the Norris Trophy? Because they just look at the stats. They just look the person at that scoring. They're not really paying attention assisting. to the game, yeah. right? And so that's the problem with someone like Colton Pareko is, like, you have to watch yeah. night in and night out and really appreciate what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And these people don't. Yeah. They just don't. That's the hard part. And that's why Robert Thomas, um, he, he jumps off the page a little bit more because he's the number one center on this team. 
which means you know people look well. Okay, well, how is he? If he's a number one center, what do the stats look like? Well, he's over a point a game. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. Well, how much does he play? Well, he plays about twenty minutes a game. Okay, but what situations? All situations. Right. What's his faceoff percentage? Well, it's right up there now. Okay, he's an all star. Yeah. yeah, he's their best player. I have a question. Do you have a problem with every team being represented? Um. It, it kind of feels like a, a, a <laughs> everybody gets a trophy. Yeah, so I do, and I, I voiced my displeasure a couple of years ago with it, not like in a big way or like in a platform or anything. I just mm. was like, I think it's kind of, I don't know, I don't, I don't think you're getting the best players. I, agreed. But um, there are some people that probably miss out on an opportunity, and those things matter. But like, you'd have to a- imagine, Kerry, when you look at this, like Chicago Blackhawks, terrible team. Connor Bedard is probably going to go, and he mm. should. But he would go whether or I not. Know, but Minnesota if every Wild, team was you know, they've got a couple of guys like Kaprizov. He should go. That's a bad team. Mm-hmm. And you look at the San Jose Sharks. They're probably the only team that shouldn't have anybody going. To be honest, they don't yeah. have any young, like superstar-ish players. Like the Anaheim Ducks, at least they've got Trevor Zegris and a couple other guys that are like flashy players. When you go to the Columbus Blue Jackets, you still have Johnny Gaudreau, mm-hmm. you have Zach Wierenski that can go on defense. The Ottawa Senators, obviously Brady Kachuk's an easy pick there, Claude Giroux. So most of these teams have a guy. Right. It's the odd case where you don't have a guy. And in this case, it's the San Jose Sharks don't really have a guy. And the Calgary Flames, I'd argue, don't really have a guy. I don't really think they should be going then. I don't disagree, but (laughs) you know how it is. You know, it gets into the question of, like, do you do do what's best for the league or do do you just reward... The, the 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 guys that should be going. I think, for me, it would be rewarding the guys that yeah. should should go that, that earned it. If you're the NHL, yeah. you want Connor Bedard to be in the All Star game. And not saying that he didn't, but I'm just using right. him as right, an example. Right. Yeah. You know, so what it what's it gets into? Okay, what's best for the league? What you know, who should be going? I, I do think it's a little like in baseball when you've got some reliever on the Pirates. And he's the only guy going. Yeah, like, that's what uh, I mean. Like, uh, why? Really? Why? Because he's he, ultimately he's taken a spot from, from someone else that actually earned it. Yeah, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Which right. is it sucks. But now, I will say this: the, the NHL picks one representative from every team, and after that, it's coaches' picks. Okay. So to fill out whatever spots are left is coaches' picks. Mm-hmm. So the coaches who see these guys on a more regular basis yeah. do have a say. That's why some teams do end up with more than one guy mm-hmm. there. Because they'll look at a team, and let's say it's Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. Well, you know both of those guys are going. Right. Right? So it doesn't matter who gets voted in by the fans and who gets the coaches. But both of those guys are going right. no matter what. So yep. they, they try, and they do the best they can. I don't know if any all-star game in any sport is really all that enticing no. anymore. No. Pro Bowl yeah. isn't. Oh, boy. Well, I used to, I used to love I watching Pro Bowl as a kid. Too. but I did, too. Awful man. NBA is was was. Yeah, that was another Are one. Are they that... going back? I think they're going back to East and West this year. Nobody. Do, do we care? I do. I don't. Do you? I do. Yeah. I used to like the slam dunk competition. Yeah, it's yeah. terrible. Then it kind of got a little out of hand. It's awful. I liked when baseball had the winner of the All Star game. No. Host the World yeah, Series. You did have something, not host you did have something series, on the line. <laughs> you did. You did. You did. Here, for instance, the cards. They they are not. Hosting game one, game two, game six, game seven. If Prince Fielder does not hit sure. a home run in the All Star game and win the All Star game for the National League, they just yeah. they won it, and maybe mm. they don't win the World Series. You shut your mouth, but it's a good point, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, because that team, Marsh, they were going to win the World Series. They're destined, team of destiny. That's why if you just get in, you never know. 
That's a good point. That is very just get true. In. Just make it. You never Can't win know. if you ain't in. <laughs> That's how I feel about the Falcons. You know, if they win yeah. and they beat the Saints this week, they could. Oh boy. They beat the Saints and the Panthers beat the Bucks. Guess who's your NFC South champion? There you go. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, uh, <laughs> that would benefit me, too. Yeah, and then you'd be in. I'd maybe. And Jamie's slugging a whole bunch of waffles. You know what I mean? We'll see. Uh-huh. Yeah. Put some of that maple syrup on there. Oh, there yeah. You go. Yep. Yeah. Maple syrup all of a sudden, uh, Jamie's yeah. like, yeah, I know I'm in. Have you ever had uh, maple syrup on a stick? No. No. It's pretty good. It sounds I'm sure ridiculous. you have, Jamie. Yeah, we have. We Just could. eating, huh? Yeah. Get you the eat? maple syrup out of the tree, put it on a stick, and then, like up in Canada in the wintertime, you get that maple syrup out, and you make little candies with it, with the wax paper because it hardens quick. Mm. You make a little maple syrup candy. Mm. Yeah, no, never had it. Oh, you don't, see, you can't, you can't yeah. say no then. Yeah, I, I can't never knock had it. You could say, huh? That's never what had I said. That. Never you had can't it. say huh. no. That sounds yeah, interesting. It sounds it sounds sugary. Then you chase it down a little Knob Creek smoked maple. Bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> where can you uh, Where can you get one there of those? It is. Uh, well, it's easy, uh, and in fact, you can usually find it on sale at Dirt Cheap. There you go. <laughs> All right, it's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What you miss? Criticisms, compliments next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, I'm Anthony Stalter. If you miss anything from today's show, a lot of uh, fun debate. This Kerry's rocking his 2024 glasses here. Uh, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com or your 101ESPN mobile app. I'd, br- I'd you wear had those, those on in- yesterday, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, for like two seconds. I By couldn't way, see anything. You can't see out of these. I, <laughs> not, I can't I see a damn the, thing. Hill decided well, to You're put supposed it, to put them on when you've had a few wild yeah. pops. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't see, matter. I can see out of one eye, but the two, I believe, is in the other is in the way of the other eye. This thing is uh, actually yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, how did they make those glasses when there was like a one where the two should be? Like if it was probably, 2011, like how yeah, are you making probably those? Moved yeah. it over one they probably way. moved yeah, it over a little bit. Somebody figured it out. Yeah. Uh, the podcast, by the way, is brought to you by Dodge Tire and Auto Centers. What do we got for criticisms and compliments, Marsh? Yeah, we have a uh, criticism here. Actually, this is more of like a crap sandwich from the 314. I like the conversations you guys have. If you could stop yelling so much, it would be very helpful. Also, please do not all talk at the same time. It is annoying, and half the time, I can't really understand what you're saying. Too much noise. I actually... What do you think? I agree with that. It is annoying. When we're... Yeah. I was saying... Stop talking! I'm trying to... What? When I get my... So hold on. We need to not talk at the same time. You, You go ahead. No, you got no, okay, well, no, so I got I, you. Hey, Anthony, Anthony, what do you, you talk- think? <laughs> it does get annoying for the listener. If you're watching on YouTube, it's different. Well, I'm sorry. Or I'm sorry. Sorry. That you feel that there way. Is. <laughs> no, but let's watch that in all seriousness. All right? We've had one complaint. You're that, that we know guy? of. That we know of. Oh, yeah, I'm... We check this thing pretty regularly. I, I don't know. think we talk over one another every now and then, but who cares? I think we should talk more soccer too. <laughs> From there the three zero nine, did I just hear Stalter say "just get in" about the Cardinals? 
I guess it's more entertaining to argue opportunistically than with integrity. First of all, don't fall off your high horse. Second of all is being sarcastic. Know the show! (laughs) Unbelievable. Listen, Anthony, truthfully. I'm the guy that always argues... Uh, against the whole, dude, don't get in there. I say it one time. This guy's like, well, you know. Here's my. And I hear that integrity. I do believe. Now, last time I checked, I don't know this to be 100% true, but I don't think you can win a championship unless you actually get in. That's a good point, Kerry. You know, I don't know if I've ever sports. looked at it that yeah, way. Mm-hmm. On the field and off, you know, you just got to get in. You never know what could happen. At a you, never job. you never know. You're right. You got to get in mm-hmm. to win. What's the goal? The goal is to get in, clearly. Mm-hmm. Not the ultimate goal, but a goal. Well, well, a, but it's, you can't, no, you can't, I, you can't I, reach Kerry. the ultimate goal unless you get in. Yeah. yeah. Baby steps. Mm-hmm. Let's be honest. Yep. <laughs> First of all, Jamie's right. Second of all, how, how'd that work out last year for you? We didn't get in. in. Exactly. So we couldn't do anything then. Exactly. Yeah. So get in. Last one here from Tanisha, who is a part of the Snake Pit. I love this show. You guys make sports talk so much fun. Thank you for the laughs. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. That was real nice. You didn't go the whole integrity route when we were just joking. (laughs) (laughs) I've been ticked off all day today. I got got to listen to Mr. High Horse here. Integrity. Integrity. Get out of here. First of all, the show Respect has zero integrity. That's exactly what I meant. Respect the Would game. you just tune in? <laughs> first, first got zero on. integrity. First, first time he tuned High in. High standards, zero integrity. <laughs> we love every single one of you that's listening. Thank you for listening. Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. You have instant replay coming up now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.